What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Um, I have no idea what happened on NXT. I didn't pay attention. Uh, this is episode 11 of Live Rounds. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, we have the release of Bray Wyatt. We have the messy contract situation of Adam Cole and what that could do. Um, and then we just kind of have a bunch of stuff to talk about when it comes to AEW. Uh, as you guys know, I posted on Twitter today that the guy been confirmed to test positive for COVID. Uh, I believe that me and Bill got COVID in Dallas um, when we went to AEW. I can't confirm that. I don't know. But the last time that we were together was a couple of weeks ago. So really, last week when I did live rounds, I probably had COVID. So I'm I'm okay. Like, you know, I know that everyone thinks that it's like the end of the world and like uh, they, when they hear COVID, they think like me in the hospital with tubes in my nose and stuff like that. But it, it affects people differently. And luckily, I've been okay. I've been taking a lot of vitamins, drinking water, getting a lot of rest. Um, clearly, haven't shaved in a bit. But uh, for the most part, I'm good. I'm here to talk about wrestling. I've been bored out of my mind. Been quarantined in a room by myself. So um, yeah, a lot of stuff's going on. And uh, how's it going, Stephen? It's going good, man. Uh, yeah, talked some wrestling earlier. We got a big weekend in wrestling, like coming up this weekend. There's a lot of really good indie stuff. So, and of yeah, course, UFC, UFC as well. I'll be on the uh, for anyone watching this that's into MMA. I'll be on the Fightful uh, UFC 265 watch along for the co-main and main event this weekend. So, anyone who wants to watch that uh, main event is Surreal Gone and Derek Lewis. Um, for the fake championship, but it hopefully will still be a good fight. But ultimate fight night, that a fight night is really what it is, man. Like there's just no buzz in town about this card. Although they have some pretty cool stuff. Um, so where I met Dana last time, they're gonna have Juliana Pena there, and then they also will have uh, Michael Kiesis throwing his after party over there, which I think is kind of a bad idea because I think Vicente Luque might kick his ass. Um, but but anyways, he plans on having his after party there. And then Brandon Moreno's in town to do like a meet and greet. And so is Kevin Holland. Yeah, I love so, Brandon Moreno. That's like one of my favorite guys, right? Like even, I mean, he's a great fighter, obviously champion. Like love that. But he seems like such a just nerd in like the best way. Like the kind of people yeah. I would be friends with. You know what I mean? Like yeah, collects action figures and stuff. Yeah, no, he's great. Um and I would definitely want to meet him, but you know, I can't do much right now. So it is what it is. It said that I have 10 days. So after I've tested positive, even though I've probably had this for like 13 days, I've got to wait another 10 days before I'm clear. So what's funny thing is I'll be clear August 13th. And then I have AEW August 18th. So yeah, right back at it. So, yeah. You just got to get, get, get healthy enough to get to AEW. You're not going to want to miss all the wrestling right now. Yeah. There's too much good stuff going on. Well, Any show, do, anything can happen. If, if they do the in order, then it'll be the fifth labor of Jericho. Yeah. Which, which is MJF. Well, isn't it? So four labors and then the fifth one is MJF. Yeah. Unless, unless MJF misspoke in the promo. Cause I've, a lot of people hit me up about that and then I've done yeah. research myself because I was trying to figure out who the fourth and fifth labor were going to be. Right. But I'm assuming, I was assuming that at least, but, but people are saying is there's one more labor and then, and then MJF is the fifth labor. So, okay. um, 
Yeah, no, I, mean, I I thought that he had to get through five labors to get to MJF. That's what I thought too. Until I, I told, that's exactly what I thought also. But then I saw I saw people like pulling the the clip and stuff. So, but, but they could always change that too. AEW could easily just have MJF go out there and be like, "All right, Chris, I said it was going to be you know five labors. Well, it's going to be six now because I hate you. You know what I mean? They could do that very easily. Just throw another one in there if they want to. Yeah. Steelers-Cowboys this Thursday. Uh, football's basically back starting Thursday. That's really exciting. Did you see that you guys cut your corner? Yeah, because he's, like, domestic abuse and whatnot. I mean, that, it sucks, too, because I, I knew about him in college. Like, he's a guy that I wanted. Um, he was more of a later, like, uh, early second-round type guy, not really a first-round guy for us. But he's a guy that definitely I He was from TCU. Glad we didn't take him. <laughs> yeah, I'm pissed off we took him, especially because I wanted them to draft Antoine Winfield Jr., and they drafted yeah. him instead. So not only did we not get Antoine Winfield Jr., who's a great safety, one of the best rookies of the year last year, won a Super Bowl ring. Instead, we got this dude who isn't even on the team anymore. Now, granted, like, I'm glad he isn't on the team. If, like, he's actually, like, if he did the things he's been accused uh, of doing, like, he should be in jail and not playing football. So, like... He's facing, you know, he's facing 10 years, so... Yeah, when he was, like, bribing people and stuff, like, he looks pretty guilty from, like, what yeah. it's what's out there with, with this. So, and I knew that case was brewing for a minute. I remember, like, months ago when the reports came out, but then, you know, to the Vikings' credit, they let the legal process play out more, like, before they made a decision, and now it looks like they got to cut ties, and yep. uh, they're smart for doing that. Yep. Yep. Yep, good on them. Luckily, yeah. the Vikings. Luckily, the Vikings. I think they were prepared for this because they got you know Peterson and like other defensive guys in the off season to, you know, he Danzler was going to be, was it Danzler or Gladney? I don't want to just confuse the two. We drafted both of them. Gladney's the one that you guys cut today. Gladney's who we cut. I, I do not want to confuse the two, but both rookies last year. Hard to remember the the um they. It's, it looked like he was going to be like third string anyways going into this season, like based on the the pieces we've moved around and the people we've brought in. So yeah, yeah, that's that's also say about it. But yeah, you got you got uh, Cowboys on Thursday. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, Dak's not going to play. He's had a he's had like a muscle. I don't. It, it's not a tear. It's a strain. But they're definitely taking their time with it. What makes me a little nervous because I mean the whole season's on Dak. If Dak's not playing, we're screwed. But. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is right now we don't have Dak, Amari, or Demarcus Lawrence, and really that's kind of looking like the beginning of the season is when we'll get them to start of the season. So uh, it might be a little bit of a boring preseason, but over there's still a lot of guys that I want to see, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with uh, with the whole COVID protocol again this season because like with the Vikings, they're already dealing with that because. Cousins is refusing to get the vaccine, or at least yeah. hasn't gotten it yet. He's not and, getting that thing. I mean, he, well, especially, guys. well, I mean, like last year, he was the big "if I die, I die" quoted yeah. guy and everything. He also but, talked about how like you have a ninety-nine point whatever percent chance to recover and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so like three out of the four Vikings quarterbacks on their roster, three of them are unvaccinated, and yeah. one is vaccinated. So it's like. And I, I'm not going to sit here and preach to anybody, like, get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. Like, I'm not saying making that argument at all right now. I'm just saying, like, in the NFL, there are going to be a lot of people who do not want to get the vaccine, and it's going to affect the outcomes of a lot of games. So this so, seems I mean, going to be nuts. 
I'll just say my personal opinion on it is the fact that like when I, for almost a year and a half, I did not get COVID. Right. So I felt pretty confident that I just wasn't going to get COVID. It, it's like, if it's been a year and a half and I've put myself out there, I didn't get it right. Within like just this past week, I know four people who haven't gotten COVID have now gotten COVID and I'm one of them. Right. So I think that this Delta variant is way more contagious now than what the original COVID was. So if you're on the fence about the vaccine or anything like that, I think you're very more, you're much more susceptible to getting COVID at this point. If you are not vaccinated, just be ready to get it. It's going to happen. So that's all I'll say about it. It now granted to me, this thing is a cold without no, with no smell. That's basically what I've dealt with, but I've also taken a lot of vitamins I've taken care of myself, like I'm okay. But there's other people that are literally like coughing blood and being put into the ER. So it it just depends on who you are. So take that for what you will. <clears throat> um, yeah, for sure. Super chats. Super chats. One's from my brother. What's up, Drew? What's up, man? Um, just curious what your guys' thoughts about Bischoff's comments that signing Brian and Punk will overshadow. The young talent in AEW agree or disagree? Um, I I really don't know. Like, I don't think that these guys are coming in to just take over, right? They're not Scott Hall. They're not Kevin Nash in that, like, like uh, political play. Now, I will say this, though. I During quarantine i did watch the daniel bryan documentary um from wrestlemania 30 and i did watch the cm punk documentary and one thing that really struck me about punk that i kind of forgot about is like how motivated he is when he is in like doing something that he's really passionate about when it comes to wrestling so like if you get motivated punk that actually really wants to succeed and be great again I don't know, like, if he's just going to accept just to be there. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's going to have to be something there that really, like, gets him going, that he's excited about and all that. And to me, as long as you keep giving Daniel Bryan competition that he loves to wrestle all over the world, I think that guy will be happy. So, um, but I also think that AEW has so much talent that there's plenty of stuff to go around, but you just have to do it smart, which I think they will. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I, I honestly think Punk is going to do more jobs than, than like, winning when it comes to, like, the outcomes of, like, big feuds he's in. Like, I think he's going to be there mainly to put over guys like Hangman or, or MJF or, like, Darby, these kind of guys. Do you see Punk or Brian being champion? I think it's more likely that Brian would be champion than Punk. Because I think Brian's going to be more regular. I think, and, and he... And we also know that Brian can still go at the level he always could because he's been doing it in recent years and like as, as recently as this past WrestleMania. Like we haven't seen Punk in seven years. Like we don't know what we're gonna get in the ring. We don't know. I, I it's gonna be a big spectacle when he comes back, undoubtedly. And it looks like it's gonna be him and Darby first. And even if he beats Darby, I have enough faith in AEW to think that Darby will get that win back at some point from CM Punk. Like they did the same thing with him and Cody where like Cody beat him and stuff, but eventually he beat Cody. It took like a year or whatever, but he did get that win back and, and everyone forgot about the losses. 
Um, yeah. there, and there's a big difference between doing it that way and 50-50 booking, by the way. Like, there's a big difference between, like, the Hangman Page build where we've seen him lose to Kenny, but it's been, like, a year since the last time we've seen it. So, like, we're not right. seeing it week after week. Um, so it keeps it special. But to answer your question, yeah, I, I, I could see... I can see Brian Danielson potentially being the AW champion. I can see Punk potentially as well. I just see Punk as more of a part-time guy than than Danielson in, in, in comparison between the two. And see, but here's the thing, and, and and this is where I kind of like on the fence with part-time because in AEW, a guy cannot be on the show for three weeks and it still be like a yeah. fine storyline to where you yep. can like just cut a promo and one of his promos shows up and that's all he had to do. Like it could be a TV promo or something. Darby's promo was 30 Darby's promo was 30 seconds the other week when he That's mentioned it. best in the world. And like, it was the most powerful promo of the entire week from anybody. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. So it's like an MJF, look at MJF. That guy wrestles maybe like every three or four months, but he's a huge presence on TV. So like, I, is it going to be more so something like that with punk? You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I don't know, but so I guess that kind of opens things up too, to where like when you saw on Saturday, when they announced that Bray Wyatt has been released, uh, first of all, what were your reactions to that? Um, were you shocked? Were you kind of expecting it? And also does Bray fit in AEW? Uh, did WWE just get complete this completely wrong? Like, what are your thoughts? I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about it. They're kind of all over the place, but like the the main gist of it is it seems like Bray Wyatt's a really creative guy that like the Husky Harris thing wasn't his creation, right? Like that was just a straight up like WWE called him Husky Harris. He was Cody Rhodes's uh, rookie or whatever for NXT, which they could play off of potentially in an AEW story if they like really want to deep dive and and. You know, because AEW is great about. I mean, we're seeing Juventud Guerrero on on tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like they're they're right. willing to reach back and be like, "Hey, the real fans are going to remember these things." And not only that, like it's it, it was something that was mentioned in a promo back in 2019. Like that's what makes it so phenomenal. Is it's right. not just it's Jericho's old past from WCW Nitro. It's also something that was referenced between those two that they brought back. And that I mean. That's phenomenal. That's exactly what you want from wrestling to be rewarded for watching and also acknowledging like, oh, that was mentioned back then. I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I, it was, I thought that was great how basically he's like, you told me to look up Juventud Guerrero and I looked him up and now I'm going to have him wrestle you as one of the labors. Like, yep. so it's awesome. Um, but so like at the end of the day, I guess a couple of just kind of points on, on Wyatt. The first one would be, from outside looking in, it really looks like they took a really creative guy who the, you know, I know that they had had plans for like the Whalen Mercy character and stuff, but Bray Wyatt like really made that his own. The Wyatt family, the backwoods cult leader thing that worked so well. And then yep. he loses to Cena at WrestleMania. I was there in New Orleans. That was a really bad decision. If you were wanting to make him you know on that level of John Cena or, or anywhere close, that was a big loss. And then he has to change into this Undertaker kind of wannabe supernatural thing and then loses to the Undertaker WrestleMania. So everyone's like, okay, like this guy doesn't ever win the big matches. Like how can we really get behind this guy? And then he gets reinvented again as the Fiend 
and he looks unstoppable. And I go off and I buy his Funko Pop because I'm like, man, this guy's going to be a big deal. And then he loses the Goldberg in like a minute. And then so, and then they just take this guy's creative ideas and then hand them to Alexa Bliss and then release him for whatever reason. I don't know if it was his choice, their choice, whatever, but he's not there anymore. And Alexa has his his gimmick now. Yeah. Um, so there's all that. And that's pretty much a long way of saying they just, I don't understand why they screwed the guy so many times. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like the guy was over, the guy sold merchandise. They were selling that dude's fiend belt for like five grand on the website. There were people buying it like, and, and, and why it's like, why did you do what you did to this guy? And that's where we are. And does he come to AEW? He probably should. I mean, like, I know you don't think he's like that great in the ring, um, but he has had great matches, like his Daniel Bryan match and stuff. I mean, he, he can wrestle, given the right opponent and the right story could be really interesting with him in the Dark Order or like, you know, if he's like taking orders from negative one or something because like he trusted Brody so much that like his son's like almost communicating through him or something. I mean, like there's cool stories that can come up with an AEW for, uh, for Bray Wyatt, I think. So yeah. Um, I think he got screwed really badly by the WWE over and over and over again. And I think he should go to AEW. So. Cool. Um, yeah. So here's the thing, regardless of what anyone thinks of Bray Wyatt, right? Because it's definitely a mixed bag. The guy was a draw. Like people love Bray Wyatt. I mean, I, when I went to a fan fest in 2020 before the pandemic, like it, it there was Roman, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Becky, Sasha, you name it, right? They were all there, but Bray was one of the most over by far. And when it came to The Fiend, like, people wanted to buy all The Fiend stuff, like, no matter what. And I think I think what Bray did a lot, too, is he resonated to the WWE fans that didn't want to just live in the little kitty era, right? They wanted that more of the adult cool thing to where like if I have my fiend t-shirt I don't look like I'm some like teeny bopper you know what I mean like it was like their anti-establishment I like Bray Wyatt I like the fiend and so I think when they by releasing him it's really hit a lot of those type of fans hard because it's like that was their guy and now they don't have him um I think that the I think AEW could benefit in in getting him just because I do think that it does bring eyeballs, right? At the end of the day, they see Bray Wyatt, they're going to be like, oh, what's he doing now? You know what I mean? So um, in that sense, I, I get, man, dude, this thing is starting to get really crowded. And that's where I'm kind of like, if I had to pick between, which we'll talk about, Adam Cole or Bray Wyatt, I'm taking Adam Cole. Same. But – I don't – I do think that there should be a home for Bray Wyatt somewhere outside the WWE. And we don't even know if he still wants to wrestle or what. I will give him this. He's a freaking creative genius, right? He's come up with some of the most crazy, unbelievable stuff. But I will also say this. He is part of some of the worst stuff that there has been as well. Now, that's not all him. But it's like his idea mixed with WWE's idea, and it turned out to be terrible. So if it's just him and he's the only one that's getting like he's the one that's in charge of all of his stuff, we might be looking at some really incredible stuff that we didn't know was possible. So 
Um, and there's also a point too where it might be so off the rails where it's bad too. Like we maybe somebody needs to kind of say, hey, yo, you might want to calm down on that too. So I don't know. My biggest issue with Bray Wyatt, and, and this is this is what I would say: if you can have Bray Wyatt on your company and not be the main guy and not be the vocal point of your show, then I'm for it. But if you have to bring in Bray Wyatt to AEW and he has to be the champion or he has to be the vocal point of the show and dominate over guys that are way better than him, I'm not okay with that. So that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. I I don't think that Bray Wyatt is a guy that they would need to push as a as like a heavyweight championship like contender, or at least not away. I mean, maybe with the right story at some point, but like, yeah, I wouldn't. I, the thing, the thing is, like, there are certain guys that, like, just unmistakably, you just have to get if you're AEW. Like, yes. I'm not saying to bring every WWE release over. I'm not saying to bring every free agent over. Like, I'm just saying there are certain people, and Adam Cole and Bray Wyatt, I think, fall in that category very similarly to the way that Malachi Black and Andrade did. Like, you can't, yep. like, you can't just let you. They're they're free agents. You can afford them. Like, you just you have to. You got to sign them. Um, and, and and they have they have the TV time now, like with Rampage starting and, and the fact that they don't use everybody every single week on Dynamite. And it, it, it's actually a good thing. Um, like, I, I think that there's room for both of those guys. Now, this conversation starts getting more interesting when I think about guys like Keith Lee and stuff like that, because then yeah. I'm like, I don't know if there's a spot for Keith Lee in AEW right now. I don't know if there's a spot for. Chris Hero, even though I want to see that, like I don't know, you know, like there there are certain guys that I'm still I don't and know. Not only I don't... that, what about Daniel Garcia? Because to me, he's just as valuable as some of these other guys that, that we're talking about. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. He just costs significantly less money, right? But but but, but just but but time is more uh, to in my opinion right now more valuable than the money aspect of it when it comes to like who AEW can sign and who they can't. And so, like, if there's some young up and coming guys that are that that are just starting out, I might take priority over some of them than some of these already well established ten year vets. That, and I'm not talking about Bray Wyatt or Adam Cole, but I am talking about certain guys, right? Like, to me, I'd rather have Daniel Garcia than Aiden English. You know what I mean? Like, I oh, would rather sure. have Daniel Garcia than some of the other guys that are out there right now. I'd rather have Daniel Garcia than EC3. Like, yeah, I agree with all that so yeah but 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 they have the means of doing this like it's such a different system than how the WWE is doing it like Daniel Garcia you can sign Daniel Garcia and sign Bray Wyatt and sign Adam Cole if you're AEW like it does this isn't going to prevent Daniel Garcia from getting an AEW contract but no but because you're paying him significantly less than you're paying these massive stars like you're going to have Daniel Garcia on AEW Dark maybe on Rampage maybe on Dynamite here or there but it'll be a slow build. Like you can't. I mean, I'm. Trust me, I love Daniel Garcia. I, I'm the one who told you about Daniel Garcia. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, you did, and like, I love the guy. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm, my point is like, but there, but he doesn't need to be thrown like directly into the fire, like into the mix with the top guys of AEW. They have ways of putting you on other shows and putting you on Dynamite every now and then. Like Lee Johnson's a good example. Like, yeah. I think, you know, he's signed to AEW. You don't see him a whole lot. He's going to be wrestling Miro tomorrow for the title. He'll definitely lose. But yeah. he's a guy that you can see, like, three years from now, if you got guys like Hangman, MJF, Darby, Sammy, uh, Ricky Starks, and these kind of guys as your main eventers, Jungle Boy. 
I could see Lee Johnson being in the mix with those guys. It's just going to take him a different type of route to get there. He's not going to just fly up the ranks like those other guys did because he because he's a lot newer than those other guys. Like to a mainstream perspective, a lot of people are seeing these guys for first first time in AEW, so it's all kind of new. But if you look at like the indies pre AEW, these guys that we're talking about, like the MJFs and and Jungle Boys of the world, they were going, they were already there as some of the top indie talent available. And Lee Johnson was literally just starting. Like he yeah. had, you know, he was just starting to get bookings and get some steam. And then boom, AEW contract, you know, starts training with the Nightmare Factory and and uh, you know, but that all being said, once again, like Daniel Garcia. I guess the whole point of that is I I don't think any of this is going to prevent people you want to be in AEW from getting into AEW. It's really more of a concern when it comes to like specific stars that are going to cost a lot of money on top of it. Like, do you take Wyatt and Cole, which you have to, but do you also take Keith Lee? And if like Dominic Dijakovic winds up like uh, released at some point or, or, you know, who do you take W Morrissey? Do you take Aiden English? Do you take EC3? Like, Buddy Murphy, like that's where you have to really make that decision. But when it comes to yeah. Daniel Garcia, you sign him for whatever, you know, you're not, you give him some, you know, I hope he makes good money, but it's not going to be the same kind of decision you have to make when signing like a, a Braun Strowman or something. I mean, you know I think I mean? he's in that Wheeler Utah conversation, right? Like, exactly the same. That's where he's at. So, yep. um, but I mean, dude, he's fantastic and they would, they would benefit greatly. And it, it, what's crazy too is you're talking just a couple of months of what the, the independents are back, and you're already starting to see who's starting to stick out, who has the buzz, and all that stuff. And honestly, it was a lot of guys we've been talking about. So um, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, let me get to Mike Jones's super chat here. Appreciate it, Mike. Uh, prime WCW cruiserweights or prime TNA X division? And honestly, I think that this is a much closer question than people want to say. Like, I I, I think the cruiserweights, it, it's different, right? Because when I was watching WCW, the cruiserweights were there for entertainment, for fun. But, like, they weren't the meat and potatoes of the product to me. Like, right. I was just like, like, I'm here to see who Hollywood Hogan is going to beat. But, wow, that was a cool cruiserweight match. You know what I mean? And, like the X division to me was like the staple of the company. It's what really like sparked interest and made you tune in to watch TNA. Um, But talent wise, you're talking both unbelievable talents. That's a tough question, honestly. Uh, What do you, what do you think, Steven? I know you're a WCW lover, so this might be. But I also watched, I mean, I watched TNA from day one also the weekly pay-per-view era. Like i was have dude the main the main reason I got into TNA was because I started seeing amazing red clips surfacing online and I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, this guy reminds me of amazing like amazing red, low key, um, Jerry Lynn, AJ Styles, like all that. That was oh, what yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, so like they were doing some really really innovative stuff. Um, I would say the actual in ring wrestling, especially at the time when I was watching early TNA. I was think I think I was actually more impressed by the early TNA X division because it was like even more the moves they were doing were even wilder than the stuff I was seeing in WCW. Like they were really doing stuff I just had never seen before. But if you're gonna talk like like star power, like name value, it's easily WCW because you got like Jericho and Malenko and Mysterio and Guerrero and I mean it's like 
it's incomparable from that sense. But yeah. um, and then even the guys like the unsung heroes of the cruiserweight division, some of my favorite guys like uh um like Blitzkrieg, for instance, like yep. he gets like no love, but that there was like a two, three year span where that dude was like incredible, like innovative. Yeah, so um true cold scorpio even if you want I to go used back to think that amazing red was blitzkrieg like back oh, really? in the, back in the day like i was like oh it's just he like took his mask off and that's him you know because <laughs> they would do some crazy stuff so yeah i know jack evans took over the blitzkrieg uh gimmick for like a very short time also like right after blitzkrieg yeah. retired blitzkrieg apparently blitzkrieg retired after only like a couple years in wrestling and then just like became just got like a regular job just like got out of wrestling completely, but he could have been crazy. He could have been so huge. If he would come back in indie wrestling right now, he'd probably have like a PCO style resurgence because all the fans he, like PCW would book him so fast if he decided to come back. And Bruce Janelle at Spring Break, you have right? to do that 100. percent Yeah, freaking Jack Cartwheel versus Blitzkrieg, <laughs> versus Ninja Mac. <laughs> did you see, did you see the match that they announced for our show at Loco? What which match? Ninja Mac versus Loki at Loco. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. Especially because you know Loki is like not going to be fucked oh, up with any dude, bullshit. That place it's is like, a dump. That place is a dump. He's going to be like, are you kidding me? And there's like no AC, but it's going to be in September, so he should be all right. Well, I'm just picturing like this dude. I'm picturing Ninja Mac doing like backflip after backflip in front of him, and Loki just being like, right this is like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just like not having any of it. <laughs> Like, I'm not gonna sell. I'm not gonna just stand here and sell. I'm like, this right. is real to me. You know I mean? Right. So no, I think it'll be an interesting <laughs> dynamic. But uh, uh, it's just cool. Um, yeah. And then we got another super chat from Dirty. Appreciate Thank it, Dirty. Um, should Monty Brown have been a bigger star in TNA? I mean, one thing that. Monty had going for them for him that you know a lot of guys didn't was is he was just he was just a, an original like he wasn't from another company or anything he had a ton of charisma I remember when I first saw him I'm like who the hell is this guy and then like he had his own gimmick the pounce serendipity like serendipity Serengeti. I know <laughs> I about said serendipity I stopped myself listen I've had plenty he, of meditation. He, he had the knockoff. Ooh, wah! Yep. Get down with this from Disturbed. Get down with the sickness. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the Serengeti, and then he, you know, like they do. He just had a lot of cool stuff on his own. Um, and it was funny because Jeff Jarrett was just just, re, just recently asked about this, and like I think there's really like become a wave of like the the one guy that could have been something, and like. It didn't happen for multiple reasons, I'm guessing. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate because he could have been a big star, especially uh, for TNA. Because I, And you see it right now. There's so much resentment for when a guy jumps ship. And, like, to me, that's always been wrestling. The greatest time in pro wrestling was the Monday Night Wars when guys would jump ship. It was the best feeling in the world when you would see somebody leave and go somewhere else and then talk crap and then form factions and do all these other things. Like, so, and now it's like, it's such a like, well, AEW isn't really AEW anymore. It's XWWE. But like, I could say that WWE is XROH and XNXT and XTNA and whatever else you want to say. Like, at the end of the day, people jump. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like, like any other sport in the world. Every other sport, you deal with this. Every single other one Every where people, where the athletes get out of their like their contracts run up, or they get traded, or they get released, or I mean, this is pro. I mean, My I know was a Minnesota Viking. I'm you know? very aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marco oh. Murray was a Philadelphia Eagle. Like it's not only that they went to another another team; they went to the enemy. They went to the number one enemy of that franchise. It happens. So, yeah. and, and, and it doesn't have to always be homegrown talent. And honestly, I mean, when it comes to AEW, like most of these guys were way established before ever going to form AEW. So it's, it's not just about taking WWE guys. And honestly, most people are excited about Daniel Bryan coming back for the return of Bryan Danielson. They expect to hear the final countdown. They expect to see him out there in his like red robe. This is not uh, just because we're getting WWE Daniel Bryan or we're getting WWE CM Punk. That's not what this is about. This is almost like them coming home, them coming back to their roots in a mainstream level way. Yeah, the last time I saw Punk, it looked like he was growing his hair out too. Like yes, they're they're not like they're not coming in trying to be the WWE versions of themselves. Like they're coming they're coming back to being pro wrestlers. They they have left being sports entertainers and coming back to being professional wrestlers. So yes, so and and also sorry to answer the question, Dirty. I think that Monty Brown one billion percent should have been the NWA TNA champion. Like a billion percent, they totally. They totally dropped the ball. Like, even if it was a short run, like, they should have tried it. He was, like you said, he was their one homegrown guy outside of AJ Styles, who I know he was in WCW and all that towards the end, but, like, you know, pretty much was a homegrown TNA guy. Outside of those guys, like, those were your dudes, AJ Styles and Monty Brown. You could have built off of that for decades if if given the right stories and stuff. But uh, we never saw it with Monty, and then he had the weird whatever happened when he went to WWE CW and just disappeared. So. Yeah, um, and boy, that, that those were always fun, right? Braden Walker and Marcus Carvon and all those other guys. I mean, it's just been time and time WWE has shown you over and over and over again that they drop the ball on these guys. That remember, they don't know uh, what to do. Remember, Lance Archer was in WWE CW. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> it's just it just shows you over and over again. And, and and that's the disconnect too with NXT, right? Because it's real, literally, they act like it's two totally different companies. Like they have nothing to do with each other. And that's a whole nother story. Um, Dirty also said another super chat saying is UFC 265, the worst card of all time on paper. Well, for a pay-per-view, it's really bad. And I don't think that they did themselves any favors by making, making an interim title. Like, that's a joke. And they were really banking on having Amanda on the card to give it more solid credibility. And so then when Amanda pulled out, that really hurt the card. Um, you got Jose Aldo on the card. You've got Vicente Luque, Luque versus uh, Michael Chiesa. Other than that, it's not really a lot to write about. Um, and and what I hate is, it does, like, if Derek Lewis wins this fight, there's literally nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing has changed. And if, uh, what's his name, Gagne or whatever, if, if, Gon, if he wins the fight, then 
now he's the number one contender. And we, uh, to me, Derek Lewis and Ganya and Ganya still had like unfinished business because Derek Lewis technically won. They had a terrible fight. They needed to run it back. Derek Lewis was the clear number one contender. And it's just a, it, it just does nothing for you. There's no buzz. It's nothing. So I think it was a really bad business decision to just basically try to prove their point and uh, they're going to pay for it. I mean, ticket sales are not great. They're definitely not selling that place out. No way in hell. You can still buy tickets now. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's right up there. With some of the worst pay-per-view cards. And another thing too is they were just there a couple of months ago. So like the fans aren't going to be as responsive. They're hoping just because Derek Lewis is the hometown guy, which I trust me, he'll get love. No doubt about it. But this, this card is not where, and the tickets weren't sold any different than the last one. So it's like the prices should have been cheaper. It just, it, 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 it doesn't make sense how they handle this at all. They did get lucky though, that they announced this as a interim title fight. Like, months or weeks back or whatever it was when they announced this because otherwise it'd really be it'd really be a bad look because they would have probably thrown the title on it like right after Nunez dropped off you know what I mean because they would have been like we don't have any title fights now it's Lewis versus gone for the title and people would have been like even less responsive about it um and see a part a part of the problem too is I don't think either of these guys is there's going to be like a Tony Ferguson type situation almost where I don't think either of these guys fight Stipe next. I sorry, fights Ngannou next. I think Stipe fights Ngannou next because I think yeah, Stipe is literally just going to sit out until they do the trilogy fight, and they're not going to want Stipe not active because he's still the biggest star that they have at heavyweight. Him or Ngannou. So like, well, and then what happens if like let's say Ngannou takes like almost like until next year to figure out, right? Then you have John Jones in the mix, and then right. they can just skip everybody and just do John Jones and Ngannou. Exactly. So, it's I, it's a mess. I mean, I do want to see Lewis and Ngannou run it back because their first fight was so bad. It was just so underwhelming, and you feel like it has to be better the next time. Um, and I think Derek Lewis has earned the number one contendership. Like, he should be fighting for the true championship at this point based on what he's done lately. But um, the heavyweight division is going to be a mess because now you're going to have two champions. You're going to have, like you said, John Jones is still looming, and like they're eventually going to figure his contract out, and he's going to fight for the heavyweight title. You're going to have Miocek, who's not going to fight anybody but Ngannou for the title. Maybe they can get Miocek to come back to fight the winner of this, Lewis versus Gone, and then they're like, you know, then if he wins the interim title, it's like you got to do the trilogy again. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like the winner of this fight is actually winning anything, like you said. So, But I am going to take Derek Lewis by knockout, even though I think Surreal Gone's better in literally every facet of MMA except – Lewis has more knockout power and I think he's going to catch him in his hometown, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, It'll be, and that's what I'm worried about too, is what if this card is a stinker? Like they're usually their only saving grace is if like they have great fights on a bad card and then it doesn't matter. Right. But if this card is actually like terrible and the fights are bad, man, that's not going to look good at all. Yeah. But hey, y'all, we got 42 people in the chat right now. I really appreciate that. So if you could, just please hit that like button if you're enjoying the conversation, if you haven't already. And uh, if you guys want to support the channel, send in super chats. Um, Right now, it's a really exciting time to be a wrestling fan. 
Um, you know, honestly, the whole landscape of wrestling is going to be changed in, within two or three weeks. Like we're talking about something dramatically different. Um, and that's that's kind of where I, I, I've thought about this, too. Like I remember when Moxley came from Double or Nothing. Right. And it was like if we could get like just Moxley and then like the elite and everybody else together, then like we're in pretty good shape here. We don't need anything else. And never in my wildest dreams did I think we could get somebody like a Daniel Bryan. I felt like he was pretty much locked into the WWE. The biggest guy that I could think of outside of the box, like maybe one day would be CM Punk, right? That was the number one guy. The fact that we might be able to get Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Bray Wyatt, Andrade, Aleister Black, like... Sting, like this thing is start Ric Flair. This thing is starting to get at a totally different level than I ever expected at this point or ever, honestly. So where are you right now when you, let's say from double or nothing to where we are now, are you blown away by how big things have gotten so fast? Are you surprised? Could you believe that we're actually going to be able to get like all these talents coming to AEW? It's honestly, I mean, I don't know if surprising is the right word because I've been saying this since the beginning of AEW. I'm like, I know the fan base is here. There's people watching the independence. There's people that want an alternative from the WWE. And all we needed was somebody like us around our age with a lot of money that wants to give us the product that he would want to watch himself. And that's exactly what AEW is. And see, that's another thing too, is like, it's not even just a lot of money. It's like the connections and the people to know how to run an organization because you can get people to have a ton of money. Right. But then they get involved with the wrong people and then they spend all their money and then they're broke and they didn't know what they were doing. This guy's run national football teams like the NFL and international soccer teams. And like, has connections to the music industry, has connections to TV. He can call TNT on the phone. You know what I mean? Like we've never had somebody like that. That's not just rich, but has the connections and knows how to run a business. Yeah. And he's literally like, like we people have to like really, and, and I think it, it might be harder to like fully understand. Like if you weren't, around for like the Monday Night Wars. Like if you weren't there, like living it like we did. Which is a might, lot of people out there, believe it or not, that are like that. Younger, the younger generation. To imagine, but it's true. Oh dude, I've interviewed indie wrestlers who were born after ECW sometimes. And I'm like, right. it's like weird to think about. But like, the but the fact that we have a guy running a company like this, that is bringing Juventud Guerrera in to wrestle Chris Jericho on TNT. And I bet you Jericho walks out wearing the Hoovy mask that he beat him for in the mask versus title match in WCW back in like 97 or whatever, because Tony Khan's going to remember that. And so is Jericho. And so is Hoovy. Like, right. like, like it's, I can't ask for anything more than this. I can never be upset at this company. Are they, are they going to miss every now and then? Sure. But like, Jesus Christ. Like we just saw a Nick Gage death match on TNT, him and Jericho. And it was an actual death match. Like yep. all these things, Sting and Darby Allen are actually like 
together on the show. Like I can't like I before Sting was even in the company, I was like, man, if they got Sting, man, if they put him with Darby, I would be so happy. Thinking like there's no way they're gonna actually do that. And then Tony right. Khan's like, why wouldn't I just do that? Like, let's not overthink this. Let's just do what I would want to see as a fan. There's a lot of people just like me. But right. but it and also of course like having the deal with TNT and the Turner Networks in general, like that's when you know it's real, like because the Turner networks aren't going to get into this business again unless they're pretty confident it's going to work out for them. So, like, yeah. you know, so there's which all, I think all, it's worked out way better than they ever hoped. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't know what to expect ratings wise, and I didn't know what to expect like on how fast they would get to certain uh, kind of milestones and whatnot. But like, so it, it it none of it's really surprising to me, but. What is surprising is is like WWE's lack of awareness and letting it get to a situation where their top stars are leaving and now like they can just go straight over here and, and they yeah. just don't seem to be that concerned about it or at least that's how they kind of publicly want to play it and it's like that that's really more surprising to me than AEW's success is the fact that like WWE's letting go of people that are going to be huge assets to AEW. Well, and like I was thinking too, like it's also showing me that it was never really about com- company loyalty. It was about options, right? And so like you just think like, oh, they're too loyal to the WWE. They never had any real options. And now that the options are opening up, you're seeing guys leave by the dozens. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's been a huge indication too. Yeah, well, and think about it. Like Ric Flair is getting paid by the WWE to do pretty much nothing. And yep. he's creatively unfulfilled with his position and wants yep. out and gets his release. I'm let's telling be honest, you, he's watching Tully and Arm oh, on sure. AEW and and Sting and being like, "What am I doing? Like, and I could be over there." Cody is there. They have the whole history with him and Dusty. You've yep. got Andrade there. Like, he could definitely be Andrade. Like, just in Charlotte, North Carolina. Could you imagine if yeah. Flair made an appearance there? Well, they'll you be know? back. I mean, they're going to oh, Chicago specifically for Punk for that one. I mean, for that Rampage show. I mean, they could go straight to Charlotte and say, "Hey, wink, wink, like show up for." Yeah, for right. I mean, like, <laughs> but um. There was one other point I was going to make with uh, – I just lost it. It will come back to me. What were we talking about just before that? It was Flair and um, – Well, we haven't really gotten into Adam Cole, right? So yeah. I wanted to kind of talk about that in the sense that like – so I I was under the impression mm-hmm. Adam Cole was like 2024. 20, he got renewed when he did like a little stint in the main roster or whatever, and he was like two more years into it. And then someone said, like, maybe it's actually 2022 at the beginning. And then that guy reported that, like, and I was up at night checking my phone. That guy reported that Adam Cole is actually going to be a free agent soon. And I was like, oh. And then Sean said that he was going to have an update. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to what Sean has to say. Sean Ross Sapp is what we're talking about. So then Sean posted that it's legit. Adam Cole is done after SummerSlam. And from what I understand, by if he would have waited out his contract, there would have been something about a non-compete that he would have had an issue with. Like that he couldn't just jump ship anywhere he wanted to go. But by signing that extension to SummerSlam, because it was a great American bash is when he was done. By signing that extension to SummerSlam, 
he has no non-compete clause. Right. So does that not give you an indication that he is out of here? <laughs> like, and to me, like if we're not talking CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, like he's like way up there on my list of guys that I wanted in AEW. One, there's history with the Bullet Club that I think is unfinished. Kenny Omega kicked him out of the Bullet Club. The Young Bucks killed him on BTE. Um, and he, his girlfriend is Britt Baker. Like, there's so much that they can do with Adam Cole. And I just, I think it's a no-brainer, honestly. Like, I, I don't see why he would stay. I've heard the whole he's good friends with Shawn Michaels and that. But yeah, he, he can already write in his diary that he spent this many years with Shawn Michaels and learned the craft and got to go over matches and everything. What's the point now? And if you can't see the writing on the wall for NXT, like you stay there, you see what happens. They'll eventually let you go. And then it'll be out of your control too. And so I, I just, I don't see why he would stay. Um, maybe they come in with a big offer at the end to try to get him to stay and go to the main roster or whatever. But like this company didn't even pay attention to when your contract was up. So how much, how, how much do they really care about you? You know what I mean? And this is, and this is what bothers me is like if in 2019, if we were to talk about wrestler of the year, Adam Cole was like right there for me. It was like, Will Ospreay, Adam Cole, wrestler of the year for me. And so like to get a guy like him, that that's a main eventer for one, in my opinion. And to be able to bring him in, not only that, it really takes that NXT audience that was watching all those times against AEW and tune into AEW because they're seeing Adam Cole. And uh, I mean, personally, I think it'd be dope if he used his old ROH theme. I don't know what he'd have to do for that, but I, I would got love to something hear that. for you. Exactly. Um, I would love to bring that back. Um, but but in my opinion, Adam Cole is a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely a no-brainer. And he's also, in comparison to the other guys you've mentioned, uh, like Punk and Danielson and stuff, like Cole's only 30, 32 years old. Yep. So, like, I mean, he's still pretty much, like, in his prime. So, like, and he, you're going to get another decade out of him easy if he stays uninjured. So, yeah. And the thing I was going to, I was thinking of earlier, I've said it on the show before, but it's the whole, the whole you know, you mentioned the loyalty aspect, right? Like, yeah. you know, I'm telling you, I've been saying it since day, since the Undertaker. second that's, they're going to do Undertaker's thing in AEW. Watch. Oh my God. If, if Undertaker, like, that's what I'm saying. If Ric Flair is so disgruntled, if Undertaker's sitting around going, yeah, I'm really not that, I'm really not that satisfied with that Boneyard match being the end of it. Like, I want to do something in front of fans. And like, I know Vince thinks it's over for me. And Tony Khan just offered me $2 million for a 15 minute match. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, I mean, come on, do it. But, but Adam Cole, that's an absolute no brainer. If, if you, if, I could look at the current WWE roster right now, WWE, NXT, all the brands. And I don't count Daniel Bryan because he's already a free agent. But I'm looking at that. Adam Cole is literally the number one person I would want for that company. So like the fact that he is the one who is going to be available is like WWE is like, oh my God. I I know that on Raw or SmackDown, he was going to be dead meat. Like I know that he was, he was, they would not have known what to do with him on Raw or SmackDown. And he was completely out of stuff to do in NXT. 
So that's why I feel like creatively speaking, it's a no brainer to leave, especially because you know, AEW is still going to pay you probably. This is something I think people don't understand too. The NXT deals are generally significantly less money than when people are getting on Raw or SmackDown. So WWE would basically have to pay him what they pay their top Raw or SmackDown stars for any chance of him staying in NXT. But AEW is going to match that no matter what, I guarantee you. Like, unless yeah. it's some insanely high number. So, um, but do you I, see, like, I don't see Nick Khan anymore allowing high numbers like that for guys that he doesn't think are worth it. Like, I don't see Nick Khan being like, so we're going to pay an NXT guy exactly. $2 million? Like, no, right. we're not doing that. Exactly. So, and and, and that, that's the thing that I've seen. And, and the, the, the Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, to me, are two signs of guys that are getting paid a lot of money that they don't think is worth it. Like that's the end of it all right there is like these guys have big contracts and they don't think that they're worth it. And they want it out of those contracts. And see to that same point, like Bill's mafia in the chat mentions taker supposedly on a 15 year uh, sign for 15 years. That could totally be true. Bill's yeah. mafia. But just like Bill said, if Nick Khan goes in there and goes, man, I don't see the value in giving this guy so much money to do nothing every year for us. Like, or, or Taker goes straight to them because that's the thing, too. We got to throw the whole idea of you've signed a contract out the window because WWE, most of the people that are getting released right now or got released last year had just signed new contracts, and the WWE still got rid of them. So um, I I just I don't I just don't think you can take their contract status with, with that much uh, – you can't buy too, or, or way too much into that now, I think. I think it's all just kind of up in the air at this point. And they're, the WWE's letting people, some of these wrestlers, out of their non-competes also. It's like they just don't care. It's like, okay, get off our payroll. Like, yeah. just get off the payroll. We're trying to clear up space for whatever reason they're trying to clear up space. Um, speculate as much as you want as to what reason that could be. But, yeah, at the end of the day, Nick Khan is just their cost-cutting. Is that That's what they call it, budget cuts or whatever. Um, and... Yeah, it could be any of them. Yeah. I mean, there there is definitely motive. I don't know why, but they're definitely trying to cut back on costs for whatever reason. They brag about how much money they make every quarter and all this stuff. And people get so upset whenever they say that it's because, uh, you know, budget cuts or whatever. But, like, they can do whatever they want at the end of the day. You sign the contract, they can get rid of you if they choose to. And that's that's basically it. And then, like, you got Tyler Breeze over there defending, sitting on the bench, sitting yeah. on the bench. Like, hey, that's just what it is. Like, no, dude, that's not what it should be. And that's not yeah. what people wanted you want to see. And that's the problem. That's the attitude. And that's what got you cut, honestly. Because if Vince knows that that's your attitude, he doesn't want you there. Like, they need hungry guys that want to be – like competitive. And I think now Vince has gotten to the point where he's become a, unapproachable for the most part. And people are so intimidated by him that people just can't really show that they want it like they used to. Like he used to be able to go up to Vincent and talk to him and say, man, like, this is what I want. This is what I believe in and all that. And now it's more like he, he ain't trying to hear it. He ain't got time. He's old. He doesn't care anymore. It's he's checked out. So go complain to, uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard or whoever else is over there. I, I'm I'm done. You know what I mean? Go complain to Johnny Ace. I don't want to deal with it. And you got Tony Khan 
who's 36 years old and like calling you at two o'clock in the morning being like, hey, man, I got this crazy idea. I'd like to run by you. What do you think? And like, oh, you got an idea, too. I'd love to hear it. Cool. Let's work together. You know, like it's like they're immediately like like breath of fresh air. Like, oh, my God, this guy actually cares about what I'm doing. And like I have say so in what I'm doing. Like that's the thing is like people are like, well, Alistair Black will be back. No, he won't. No, he won't. He just showed up in PWG, got this massive pop, and he's able to do PWG, and he's able to work AEW, and he's able to sell clothing line and do Twitch and everything else. He can do whatever he wants. Like, the freedom that these guys are going to get from leaving WWE is massive. Oh, for sure. Um, There was one other thing, and there's another – there's a – about I want to talk about Vince as well, real quick too. But yeah. um, part of the Nick Khan thing also reminds me of like when UFC got sold, yep. and the first thing they did was get rid of like Chuck Liddell and like all the legends yep. who they were paying for pretty so much true. no reason. Like so true. It's the same kind of thing. Um, and then also when it comes to Vince, I think a big part of what you're saying, he's just kind of unapproachable. Not necessarily because he's unfriendly, uh, more unfriendly now than he ever was. I think just more unrelatable now than ever. Like this is yeah. this is an old this is a grandfather of three granddaughters. Like this is a guy writing a show for his granddaughter. It's a show that he thinks people will like that are probably his age because that's what what's entertaining to him as a very old man. He's like, oh, this is gonna be funny. So other really old people also think it's funny, and he's targeting like his granddaughters as the audience, and it's yeah. like. You know, so most of the rosters probably walking around guys like Dolph Ziggler, who have just completely accepted what they are at this point. Got right. you know, like that whole generation of Tyler Breezes and 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 you know Dolph Ziggler level dudes who at one point seemed really hungry, and then at, at, at whatever point they just said they it's just like gave that, up. It's and like they, that group, right? Of like Cardona, Ziggler, Miz, Morrison, like all those guys, like they've just kind of well, accepted if they're being in WWE, they just accepted what they are. But like Cardona shows you, he can leave that and go and do something else and get over by doing something else. You know what you I know, mean? You know who else was in that group of friends? Who's that? Cody Rhodes. And he yeah, was, and he, true. and he was the so one, true. and he was the one who actually left before anyone else had the balls to. Yep. And look where he had, look where he's at now. EVP of the, Second biggest wrestling company in the world with the most momentum of any company in the world, and also one of the top wrestlers on the show. And it's yeah. by it's by merit. It isn't a scenario where he is just booking himself over everybody. Guarantee you, he loses to Black tomorrow night. Guarantee yeah. you. It is not the same thing as the Agogo thing. He should beat Anthony Agogo. He should have won that match. But but so it's but that's he's the perfect example of what you're talking about like because he was riding in the cars with Ziggler and and even there was a while where the 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 Daniel Bryan and Cody Rhodes were riding together like for a couple yep. of years towards the beginning of Cody's run as a singles guy and it's like you know imagine the conversations those guys are probably having where Cody's like man I I really want to get out and Daniel's probably going dude you don't understand like I came from that world like now this is so much better and even then Cody's going oh, I gotta see what it's like I gotta bet on myself years later fast forward Danielson's probably calling Cody going remember those conversations we used to have we used to ride around together yeah I feel like you used to like yeah. like I need like I need to I need to get back out there and be a pro wrestler again um, well and like 
like if you watched uh like you, you don't really think the good brothers are talking to aj styles right now and telling him all the stuff that's going on like <laughs> yeah. and when aj's a free agent like i honestly think he's gonna leave he's gonna work AEW for like a club probably a year but it'll be like the limited year you know like he'll show up every now and then stuff but i think the kenny omega aj styles match will happen it's one of kenny's dreams and i think it's gonna happen Same. and what what i love though is that we can get a Nick Gage and Chris Jericho match, and it's not completely off the table, but it's like Nick Gage doesn't have to be signed with the company either for that to happen. In WWE, it was like everything had to be like signed, we own your rights, do this and that and this and that. And like now it's like, we'll just do a one-off, no problem. And what, what I love too is because of the Road 2 episodes for AEW Dynamite, if you cut those in – through like uh, the three episode parts or like a good two, three minute video clip for each match, it feels like a pay-per-view. So you get like a pay-per-view video package and then you get a match. Like there's not much more you can ask for, for as a wrestling fan, especially for like a weekly show. Tomorrow we get Aleister Black, Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Like, that's a big match. That's something that we all thought we were going to get it all out, but we're getting it early, and it's going to be a big deal. And we get Juventud Guerrero and Chris Jericho. So, I mean, like, it's just amazing that AEW, what they're able to accomplish, and then, dude, we're about to ramp this thing up with a CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and possibly Adam Cole and possibly Bray Wyatt and who knows what else. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, man. It's very exciting time. I'm pumped. Chris with another super or with the super chat, but he always gives us super chats every week. I really appreciate you, Chris. Um, says, remember when Vince said the UFC wasn't competition either, and then the UFC went on to take half their fan base and destroyed their pay-per-view business? Laugh out loud. And that's so true. That's so true. And, like, I think a lot of people, and I've seen Sean try to kind of cover up what Vince said, where it was like he's not really sure that Vince really meant that. And then all of a sudden, like, Nick Khan jumped on the phone call after Vince <laughs> said, like, we're just going to go ahead and give him more. Like, I don't know what Vince meant. I, I really don't. I didn't listen to the phone call. Um, but, like, they view AEW as competition. Like, there's just no doubt about it. They 100% view AEW as competition. I, they're trying to play coy. They're trying to be cute about it. But they absolutely view AEW as competition. Yeah, I mean, there's it's – I've said it before, like, obviously the WWE is their own big entertainment conglomerate. They're on their own island. They're doing their own thing. They're not really a wrestling company anymore. So, like, I don't think the WWE is, like, necessarily super concerned with AEW because I think at the end of the day, they still wind up accomplishing the goal of, like, Veggie Tales starring Roman Reigns at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, where they're headed. Um, So I don't think that really... But from, like, a pro wrestling standpoint and, like, getting the best, like, actual in-ring wrestlers and the best in-ring wrestling product. Like, the the person that I, like, honestly, I don't think Vince is paying much attention. I don't think Tony, or I don't think uh, Nick Khan's paying much attention. But I guarantee you, every week, Triple H is hovered over a monitor watching AEW going, <laughs> and, and just watching it all slip away. He's watching Nick yeah. Khan take his job. He's watching, yeah. like, like, Nick Khan will be the one to be like, Connor, I'm sorry, man, but 
you it's know, not working out. Yeah, you know, <laughs> NX, NXT is losing us some money, and NXT UK has never made us money. And uh, we got you a backstage role on Raw to be an assistant writer. It's yeah, great. If you don't accept that, we got a trash bag for your stuff. We can hand you right now. Um, Michael and Bottom. It's actually we're gonna go ahead and just let you go. Thanks <laughs> for everything. Yeah, like I mean, it's just. You know, so I think Triple H. If I'm Triple H, too. I'm you know I'm I'm worried. I guess. Thing too. Sorry, advice. Here's another thing too, is what's made AEW and the Forbidden Door work so well, and 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 this is what people don't understand, is that when you're a pro wrestling company, you can take all the other pro wrestling companies and you can just throw it all together, and it works, right? But when you're an entertainment company, you can't, okay? You can't just go and take this pro wrestling and this pro wrestling and put this here and there because you're more focused on entertainment. But with pro wrestling, and that's why people are like, well, if you like the indies, you should like AEW because all AEW is is a mainstream indie. No, it's a pro wrestling company. That's the difference. You can watch New Japan and you can take New Japan stars and you can put them on AEW and people will love them. Because it's a pro wrestling company. Like, that's why AEW is able to take Moxley and his uh, secret uh, partner and go and take Lance Archer and they can go to that New Japan show in two weeks. And, like, it doesn't, it all works. That's why Kenny Omega can just show up in Impact Wrestling because it's pro wrestling at the end of the day. That's why Danny Garcia, top independent wrestler, can just show up and wrestle on TV, on Dynamite. And no problems because it's a pro wrestling company. Well, go figure. Guys and girls and gen, non-gender specific, non-binary, like, doesn't matter what your gender is. You grew up wanting to be a wrestler. You trained to be a pro wrestler. If you went up in the WWE, they turn you into an actor. So, like, there right. is – so, like, it, it, go figure. All these people who work for all these different companies – are applying the same craft and it could be applied in any of these companies and it works great anywhere except for the WWE because they're going to take you and put you in a performance center and they're going to teach you their ways of doing things, which is turning you into a bad actor. And it's not even your fault you're a bad actor. It's just, you never wanted to be an actor. Now you just have to try to be an actor. So, right. so that's, and, it's, and these scripts are already written for you. So you can't even take parts of yourself and put it into this script because they're writing what they think you are. And changing so, your name and everything. I mean, everything so like, that made you what you are is gone. So, like, to me, a perfect example is Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's a badass. Like, people don't understand that, but Matt Riddle is a badass. Yes, he's laid back and he's chill and he's cool and everything. But, like, what made Matt Riddle so cool in the indies was he could be that bro, bro, bro. But he could also beat the crap out of you. And, like... The, the guy that got confronted by Goldberg, who basically didn't back down, but was still like, bro, it worked. And that's the guy that we should be seeing. A somewhat serious side of Matt Riddle that like, yeah, I'm all cool. I'm fun and games. I'm a nice guy. But if you mess with me, like we, we can settle it, bro. But we don't get that Matt Riddle. We just get some goofy cartoon version of that Matt Riddle. Oh yeah, you want to talk about goofy cartoons? They got Nikki, almost a superhero, running around, and um, which is I mean, funny because that's like the only time that she can get a title is when she makes a fool out of herself. Otherwise, you can forget about it. Yeah, I, I, 
I didn't watch the show, but I saw that uh I heard Brian Alvarez talking about how he like timed the match between uh Nikki Ash and Charlotte on Raw this past Monday. Yeah. And Nikki Ash won the match, but but it was something I think he said he counted and it was like a 15 minute long match and Nikki Ash got four total moves of offense in, in 15 minutes. The rest of the match was Charlotte just kicking her ass. And then she like, wow. you know, did like the move at the end to win or whatever. And it's did like you win by like roll up. I don't know, but I think there was like weapons or something involved. It, it wasn't just a straight up like her beating Charlotte type thing, um, which is so funny too because there was like a, a Porter and Alvarez as well. I think is who I heard talking about. Part of why Ric Flair left was the booking, not only his own booking, but the booking of Charlotte. And then like you see what she's been doing lately, and you're they're like, oh yeah, it's probably probably did way part of it. Like Rick knew where this was all heading, and and here's another thing, man. I know he kind of tiptoed around it. Rick and Andrade being over in AEW, they could totally get Charlotte. And that's a legitimate game changer yeah. for the women's division. Like legitimate yeah. game changer. Yeah. So uh, I think it's totally possible we get her at some point in the near future. Because similar to Adam Cole, why why not? Like yeah. they're going to they're gonna pay you the same or more to go over there. Yep. I mean, do it. You're, all your people are there. Like, yeah. Man. No, I could definitely see her. I mean, especially when you're already like 11 time champion, 13 time champion, 26 times. Like, eventually, you're just gonna be like, I can go to AEW and actually, because honestly, like to me, like what makes AJ Styles like so like almost like goat status in my opinion is just how much he accomplished everywhere he went, right? Yeah. And so, like, if you can do that as well then you do that and it makes you, it just, it just adds to your legacy. Um, one thing I really wanted to talk about is, okay, so it's August 3rd right now. We're heading into homecoming. The buildup is happening for all out. We know that the more than likely that the August 20th date is for punk. Right. Um, we're assuming that he's going to face Darby Allen. That's what he's going to come in. I think he's going to, probably like accept the challenge or something or challenge Darby or whatever at all out. Yep. But it sounds like Adam page is out of the main event. So I guess my, my question is where are we going with it? And this is how I felt. And I, and I even said this, I said, Adam page could possibly lose that match. And the reason I really, when that match was happening, by the way, two epic entrances. I don't care if you guys hate on the Space Jam entrance. It was dope. Their heels. It was fun. It was over the top. And I love stuff like that because it leaves moments just like their Street Fighter uh, elite gimmick that they had. Like, that's toyetic. You could do those Space Jam figures or whatever. But anyways. Uh, I've, I've watched both entrances like 10 times each. They're like, great. Yeah, and it was massive. And they're game. both great yeah. for, for each for each side, right? Yes. So when you're watching that, you're thinking to yourself, Hangman can't beat the entire elite and then face Kenny Omega at All Out. Like, I th- I could feel it that he was going to lose. So my thing is, is now I think he does the self-doubt, right? The Dark Order basically put him in a position that he wasn't ready for. He thought he was, and then when he actually faced them, he realized that he's not emotionally ready to beat those guys and to beat Kenny Omega. So... Now what? What do you do? For the title match at All Out? With for Kenny? the title match and for Hangman 
like specifically? Because at the end of the day, I think everybody agrees this has to end with Hangman winning the title at some point. Yes. I I said it last week. I think that if I here's so I'm I love that they do the ranking system for AEW. Like I love I, I love the UFC style, you know, like the number one contender or the top five and that stuff. Like it, I I like I like all that, and I think they shouldn't abandon that. But I also think when you got a guy like Brian Danielson coming in in that match right there, like I don't care about the rankings. Everyone already knows the what level Danielson is at. Like no no, you have to be the nerdiest of the lame of all wrestling fans. If you were to be watching all out and it's going to be Kenny versus a mystery opponent and Brian Danielson comes out and you go, Oh, but he's not ranked in the top five. Like <laughs> right? you are a loser. Just go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Just you are a loser. If that comes out of your mouth, like, right. So I think they should just do that. Like just have it be a mystery opponent. Punk and Darby's going to already be set probably. And so, like, you already know you're going to get that. The fans are going to be expecting another big surprise. And we already know Daniel's supposed to be heading over. So, like, just give the fans what they want. Just do it. So do you think that the way it should be advertised is Kenny is facing a mystery opponent and then a Daniel Bryan's is the one that answers it at all out? That'd be, po- that'd be like, my ideal situation, yeah. Even though it's okay. kind of predictable, it's one of those things where the fans, the anticipation would be through the roof and people would be like, Oh my god! A final countdown hits like for yeah. this match, like you know what I mean? Because you obviously have Kenny come out first. He's in the ring with his belt, looking all cocky. Maybe gets on the microphone and goes, "I've already beaten all the guys that are ranked in the top five. Like Hangman's never going to beat me for this belt." And then, like who? We got nobody left basically. Like right. I, I've beaten all the top guys, and then I cleaned out Impact as well. Like Impact is nothing. Yeah, just and the place would go insane. And here's the thing, like. I think Kenny should retain because I think Hangman should be the one to beat him for the belt, but it also wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. If Danielson came in, won the belt and then dropped it back to Kenny, like, you know, in a few weeks or like a few months, like, and as long as, as long as Hangman beats Kenny for that belt, like that's what needs to happen. And I, and once again, I think Omega should retain over Danielson if they do that, but it also, the moment in the pop for Danielson beating him would be just so insanely massive. Like I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me if they did that. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. No, I, I just, man, it's like you want everything done right. You don't want this to be like a, a misstep. You know what I mean? And so that's where I'm kind of like Daniel Bryan and Omega. I mean, amazing. Right. But the winner is a, is a big crucial part, right? Because if Kenny beats Daniel Bryan coming in, then it's kind of deflating for Daniel Bryan. Not huge in my opinion. I think it's not like the end of the world. Like he's, it, they're both great and Kenny just won. Um, but then if he wins, like to me, if Adam Page just goes and faces Daniel Bryan and not Kenny Omega it takes away kind of the story that was built of like him being able to overcome the elite and that mental hurdle. You know what I mean? For sure. So I don't know. I don't know how they do that. And honestly, if Adam Cole has no non-compete clause, he can show up at all out like for whatever they want to do there. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. That'd be sick. I mean, I'd be fi- totally fine with that as well. Um, there, I mean, there, there's, 
none of the <laughs> they're all good options. Like because because even if even if Danielson came in and lost to Kenny right away, it's still total. I mean, like the AW is very good about making both guys look good, even if yeah. they win or lose. And you right. can even have Danielson come in looking the way he looks now, and then like he loses to Omega, but then like you know, we see a video package like the next week on dynamite where it's him in front of his mirror, like shaving all his hair off and everything. And it's just like, Oh shit. Like, okay. Like the American he, dragon, is like, like, like he's realizing, like, I gotta, like, I've been an entertainer for too long. I gotta become a wrestler again. Like if I'm yeah. going to be the AEW champion, yeah. um, but like, I mean, there's just, there's so much they can do with it. I, I see, I think, uh, Bill's mafia said it could be orange Cassidy versus Kenny. I'd be fine with that, but I think you still need to debut a guy like Danielson or something at the end of the show. Cause I, I just, the buzz is too high to just not give us something huge at that show. I, I just don't think we're going to wait till Arthur Ashford Danielson Me I either. Think he's coming sooner. I think he's coming sooner. I think, I think with punk that made them audible Danielson's plans as well. So I think that now they're both coming before and that's the thing too what if they come before all out what if danielson answers the challenge to kenny omega in chicago at that dynamite right before and then it's like kenny omega brian danielson all out this saturday like that could be huge yeah for sure i mean i'd obviously be fine with that as well um do you think that they bring chris hero in no so I, what I read is Chris Hero is um, he's actually an agent for ROH right now. Yeah, but that also doesn't mean you can't wrestle for AEW. Based no, on it like- doesn't. But I, I just don't see it honestly. I, I, I think they've got way too much going on, and I think that he's, I think that they that they'll he's fine where he's at. I mean, granted, he would come for sure if he could, but. I, I, I just don't see it, honestly. I think especially you get someone like an Adam Cole or something like that, I think that that's just more relevant now. Yeah, the only, I agree. Only, I agree honestly, that. the only way that, in my opinion, you bring in Chris Hero is like if he's coming and like looking like Kings of Wrestling Chris Hero, which I just don't know if it'll ever happen again. So like, I think that people the, – the sad thing is I think WWE did a really bad number on him. And you look at him completely different, but if you, and he hasn't really wrestled in the independence either. Like I think he would need to wrestle in the independence to show he could still go and really like impress people again. Cause we haven't seen him in the ring in forever now. So. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that there's a good chance we might see him in impact also. Cause you know, he's with Rachel yeah. all ring. So like, it would make sense for them to want to work. I think the same impact place. is, is honestly about to really improve because the guys that don't go to AEW that, cause I, in my opinion, AEW only has so many spots, right? And what if they don't take a Buddy Murphy and a Bray Wyatt? Like, what if Impact gets Buddy Murphy and Bray Wyatt? That's a massive, massive win for their roster. So, um, and I think something like that will happen eventually to where you can't take a Keith Lee and you can't take this or you can't, you know, you just never know. And, man, like, uh, other companies have to, you know what I mean? So I think that that's huge. Yeah, for sure. What's this next super chat we got? I see something about Gage and Jericho. It's from Alexander Fitzgerald. Appreciate it, Alexander. He says, during the Nick Gage and Jericho match, what did you guys think of JR's commentary? The this is fun line kind of ruined the commentary after that. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of JR's commentary. I haven't been a fan of JR's commentary in a long time, honestly. I'm over it. And how about the fact that that old man 
thought that Adam Page pinned Kenny Omega. Oh my God, that was so bad. So bad, right? He's like, he just pinned the champion. He just pinned the current champion. And there, and then Excalibur's like, he kicked out. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm so, so over Jim Ross at this point. Like, I want somebody there that really wants to be there, that loves AEW, that really loves the product, that's excited to be there. That is not Jim Ross. Jim Ross is there for a paycheck. Yeah, he really should just be more on the talent relations side. Like, yep. like it, I mean, I, I don't think it's a coincidence either that that picture surfaced last week of Jr. and Ric Flair eating like lunch together, and like a few days later, Ric Flair's out of his WWE contract. You know, Jim Ross was at that at that table going like, "What you can do? Yeah, all like, you can do is uh, look at this and this." Yeah, Stick like Rick, you know how much they're paying over here? <laughs> it's like. You're getting how much? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, wait a second. They're going to treat me like an actual legend. Like I can be Ric Flair again and I can like turn on Sting for the 500th time and fans will actually mark out for it. You know what I mean? Like, like there's so many. How about about the fact that AEW also trademarked the King of Hearts? Yeah, I think that has to do with Brett and or Owens. Yeah. And maybe they might run like figures hoping fingers crossed or in the video game or something like that yeah the, the one unfortunate I, I it definitely crossed my mind but like and i know they won't do it because it's just way too controversial but if freaking teddy hart could get his shit together oh, man okay. mm-hmm. like but it, it'll never happen the guy's mm-hmm. a terrible human being like yeah mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not advocating for it but i'm just saying when i saw that and at first that ran through my mind too i was like Teddy Hart would be incredible in AEW, like from like an in-ring standpoint, like a storyline standpoint. But yeah. like, but he's just he's way, way too much of a liability for your company. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it'll probably have to do it because Brett's the one who you know introduced the AEW Championship and everything. Like, I'd I'd imagine that he want. I mean, what better way to stick it to that company again, right? Like, like you know what, Vince? I know I made good with you guys and everything, and Sean, but like. Your company sucks. Like, it just yeah. does. Like, this is where the real wrestling's at. I want to be a part of this. Imagine Bret Hart, like, managing some, uh, like, a like a group of, of young, just technical wrestlers or something. Like, that'd be so sick. Like a Danny Garcia. A yeah. Danny Garcia. Like, Someone mentioned me, Jonathan Gresham in the chat. If they could get him, that'd be huge. Like, to me, like, Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Utah, Dante Martin, like, all these kids kids like young up-and-comers that are really really good so i'm a fan of all of them so um about let's see here let's talk about the nick gage jericho match so um what were your overall thoughts were you happy with it one thing i noticed with the light tubes were is there was no powder and stuff in them but i heard that they were still legit so like it didn't have the the popping sound, because then I was thinking to myself, like, damn, these are fake. But I heard that the actual glass was legit, but they had cleaned out the the powder out of them or whatever. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. And, I mean, I don't know how much of it was them blading versus, like, actually using the pizza cutter or whatever. Like, But at the end of the day, like, that was incredible to see yeah. that on TNT. Like, and they went all the this, way. I felt like Gage was a little bit out of his element at first 
And then I felt like mid-match, really once he grabbed the light tubes, it was like, because one thing I kind of noticed with Gage is, is the death match thing really fits him because it like gives him those breaks to kind of work the crowd and stuff. But like, if he just had to constantly just wrestle, I think that it would, it would have exposed him some, but I also think he just had a death match with Cardona that weekend. So it's not like this guy's a hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for but sure. he really knows how to work the crowd. I don't think people give him enough credit for that. Like him smashing the light tubes over his knees and then like using them as weapons and stuff. It's not like he just uses weapons. He makes weapons. He, he gets the crowd involved, you know, like he's, he knows how to work a crowd. And uh, I thought him and Jericho, like once they got things going, um, the Hurricane Rana through the, the glass was an amazing spot. And I was really worried that they were too close and Gage was going to land on that and it wasn't going to break. And I was like, that's going to be a disaster, but like it worked. Um, and I, I loved it too, that they made Nick Gage a threat too. Right. Cause in the WWE, he got jobbed out in three minutes. And with that, like Jericho had to give him the miss. He had to smash light tubes over his head and he had to give him the Judas effect to beat him. Like that's perfect. Nick Gage doesn't lose any credibility and he looks like um, a serious threat. You know what I mean? Um, I know there were people that were turned off by it, Domino's pizza, et cetera. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, like I thought it was a really cool idea. I thought it worked. I thought, and, and there's people who are like, he didn't get cheered. Dude. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And there were dueling MDK chants versus Jericho chants. Like, there were definitely Nick Gage fans in the house. Um, and, and honestly, I would love to see him come back. I would love to see him and Moxley do a program or, or somebody else, but I, I hopefully it's not the only time we see him. Yeah. I, I thought it was really funny when they'd pan to the crowd and like some, like the older people in the front row were like clearly so confused as to what they were seeing. They were like, it was like glass flying into the front they row and they're really like, like, yeah, they're like, Oh my God. Um, in the crowd, definitely, like, if they didn't know who he was before, like, by midway through the match, that place was going nuts. And yeah. I think it also probably had, you know, some sort of effect, almost not the same to the same level, but kind of the same idea of the first Ultimate Fighter finale with Forrest and Bonner. Because I bet you there was people watching that and calling their friend or texting their friends being like, yo, you've got to turn on TNT. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Like, I've never seen something like this before. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, engaged didn't lose anything. Most of the fan base probably didn't know who he was or, you know, good percentage to going into it. A lot more people know now, you know, Jericho is going to win all these labors because otherwise the stories doesn't make sense. Like he has to win the labors to get to MJF to have their match. 100%. So, so, you know, the outcome going into it, it's all about can, can Gage get over with the audience. And he, I think yeah. he totally accomplished that. And I think AEW is going to be really smart and selective about how often they do this kind of stuff. Like, I, I think you might see a death match at that level, maybe, maybe like max, like four or five times a year, maybe more like once or twice. But like now they know it's something the fan base is into. They know that they can do it. They know TNT is okay with it. So like, it was, I think it was a giant win. And I know the Deathmatch community on Twitter, it was like, I could basically see people crying through their, their tweets like and just how happy they were to see these like barriers being broken. Like a dude yeah. going out there and breaking a light tube over somebody was like so historic to so many people. 
And then you also mentioned the mist. Like, I thought that was cool as hell. Jericho had to resort to the great Muda green mist to the face. Like, yep. I mean, like, it, it, just, it was awesome. Like, yep. that was, that was honestly, for TNT, that was a perfect death match. Like, they didn't go too far that it was yep. like, you know, there wasn't syringes and, and, and meat skewers and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but there was enough that it was like definitely very shocking to the audience that isn't used to seeing that kind of stuff. So, right. um, and look, everyone's okay. Look, they're both fine. You know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. performance art at its finest, really, when you think about it. So, yeah, no, I, I, and I mean honestly, like I think it it only helped Jericho. Like I think it yep. it came across great, and like I think. Jericho at his age, like he can really still do those type of matches. I think tomorrow night is going to be more of a challenge because he's going to be in like a cruiserweight style match where he has to win doing a top rope maneuver and stuff. So I'm honestly more nervous for Jericho for tomorrow night's match than I, than I was for the Nick Gage match. But I do think that uh, they pulled it off nicely and I hope that uh, we get a talk as Jericho and Nick Gage. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Do you, what, what move do you think Jericho uses off the top to win? I'm, I'm thinking like a lion salt, like the, the like off the top rope or something. I don't I don't know. I think Hoovy's gonna go for something off the top, and Jericho's gonna catch him in the lion tamer on the top rope, and then drop off the top rope with him and give him a tap. Okay, that's my okay. prediction. Put it, put it down on paper. <laughs> and also, like, and then the, the next question is the next labor. I mean, the three big ones are going to be Big Show, Lance Storm, or Ultimo Dragon, I think. Those are like the three that I think make the I most sense. I think Lance Storm could really happen because they've been motivated. But but he said that that was supposed to be Jericho's last match. Also, have you heard those rumors that Jericho is retiring? And this yeah, is I don't think that's... Of, I don't think that at all. Mm-hmm. At all. I think he's just reinventing himself. And I'd also like to see him, because I think he's going to come out in the Hoovy mask tomorrow, which I think is going to be epic. And yeah. then... If he wrestles either Landstorm, three ninja masks that he came out with, giant markout moment. There, right. there, there. Not enough people on Twitter were talking about that, but <laughs> I definitely was. But not enough people were. Um, but if it winds up being Ultimo or Landstorm, I think Jericho should come out as Lionheart Chris Jericho. Like, you like, you know what I mean? Just keep incorporating cool Easter eggs like that for longtime fans. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I also think it's super likely it could be Paul White, given the Jericho. Uh, history and stuff, but um, I mean, they could go real. That's the other thing about AEW, like the stuff that I'm joking about, they could totally do. Like they've they've used Glacier before, you know what I yeah. mean? Like like I'm over here talking about for years how Alex Wright was underused by WCW. The guy's still in shape and he's still training wrestlers. Like Tony Khan, I guarantee you is aware of that. Yeah, you know, I might see Alex Wright on an AEW one day, and I'm gonna. Even if I'm the only one marking out, it's like he's writing the show specifically for me. It's the best. Right, right. So, yeah. Another, another great thing, too, is, like, the ratings are reflecting this, too. Like, they've been number one on cable the last three weeks in a row. And they haven't done that since the start of the company. So, the momentum is showing as well. And then, you remember when people were somewhat like, oh, man, I don't know, the three weeks notice to sell out the United Center after all <laughs> out and all that. That's kind of tough to do. And then pre-sell, they sell like 12,000 tickets. And then <laughs> when they have only about a thousand or so tickets left uh, for the official sell, they sold out in four minutes. Like, 
this is not your little pan flash in the pan wrestling company anymore. This is a real threat. This is the real deal. There's plenty of people that are behind this product and like ticket sales tell everything in my opinion. Like you don't sell these types of tickets, dude. Andrade, uh, main evented in El Paso over the weekend and faced Carlito and, uh, Alberto Del Rio in a main event. And I mean, I swear to you, they couldn't sell 1500 tickets in a 7,000 seat arena. Like that place was bare bone empty. And yet AEW could go in there and they could sell that place out. Like that's, that's where we're dealing with right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's fans like us that are like, we're willing to spend money on wrestling. We're all still here. And I bet you they're also getting fans that dipped out after the invasion that are around our age too, that are like, yeah. you know what? Like, dude, when I was at this funeral on Saturday, you know, I'm talking to all these people I haven't talked to in yeah, forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're all asking about like the wrestling and MMA stuff. And I started telling them, I'm like, cause some of them asked about Cody. Cause Cody, like the guy who, who passed away actually was on our wrestling team in high school with me and Cody. Right. And so people were like, Hey, I know you're like doing stuff with the wrestling. You like, what's Cody been up to? And I'm telling him, I'm like, yeah, he's like a big part of AEW. It's on Wednesdays on di- or on uh, TNT, and um, like they got like Trish Jericho was their first champion, and they've got the, the guy who was Dean Ambrose on. And I'm like telling him about like the reasons why they might want to be interested in AEW, and some of the stuff they were like, they're like, dude, Jericho's on that, and and Ambrose is on that, and Cody's like still killing it, and like they're like, dude, I'm gonna check that out, like. And all they needed to hear, they didn't have not watched wrestling for years, but even just yeah. still hearing names like Jericho and stuff, they're like, oh, damn. Like, I don't even know that that was even happening on, on TV. So there's still going to be more fans like that that are going to that are gonna join in as well that, that might have just given up on wrestling after it was all just WWE from a mainstream level and jump back into it. Yeah. No, it's true. And, like, there's people that I know. And uh, they've been they've been really against AEW. Like they hated the they ordered the pay per view of the exploding barbed wire yeah. match, and it was a dud. And then they like hold it against it. And I'm like, now that there's crowds back, you guys need to like rewatch AEW. It's a totally different experience, right? And now they're seeing like all these people are moving, jumping ship, and like that they're at the point to where they have no more argument left and they have to tune in to see what's going on. And I feel like that's going to be with a lot of people. Like a lot of people have tried to be loyal to the WWE to a fault. And now it's like, but man, CM Punk is going to be there and Daniel Bryan's going to be there. And they just released Bray Wyatt and Adam Cole might show up now. Like, dude, this like carrying cross sucks now. And Keith Lee just beat carrying cross and Jeff Hardy be carrying cross. Like, well, I, I guess I got to watch AEW now, you know, like it's like they they they've been forced to to finally give it a chance. And you know what happens when they give it a chance. It's over. Like once they'll really watch it and give it a shot, they'll be like, OK, I'm done. I'm watching AEW now. You know, yeah, what I mean? for sure. And, and, and Eduardo uh, Lozano says the WWE has a lot of loyalists. Absolutely. They definitely do. But I also think that there's a lot of people that are loyalists to guys like Bray Wyatt that like are going to be pissed off that the WWE let him go. And they're just, they don't even watch AEW, but if Bray Wyatt shows up over there, they're going to watch AEW to watch Bray Wyatt. Like, 
So I think that you get a lot of people that are going to be loyal to the company for sure from a fan perspective, but there's a lot of people that get attached to the wrestlers themselves. And if they're not wrestling in WWE anymore, but they're wrestling on AEW, it just gives them even more reason to, to give AEW a chance. And like Doug's saying, I mean, is, is it going to be for everybody? No, but I think that most people in our kind of demographic of fans, you know, if you put those two those two shows side by side, Raw and Dynamite on a weekly basis, I think it's it's not even remotely close what the better show is. Like it's not even on the same well, what's planet. What's great too is like once Dynamite starts, it's like go, man. Like just boom, it's like an explosion just goes off, and it's just nonstop for two hours. Like there's no lull time. Like you're all like, oh man, I hope they can fit this in, or I hope they go, oh man. Like you're just constantly like, oh, and then they have an announcement, and you're like, oh, and then you know, like it's just. All, it's a it's a ride it's a ride of emotions that you go through that you because you're so invested and you care so much and it's so different than like a raw where you're literally just like sitting there checking your phone like oh is anybody gonna show up what's going on like oh boy that's the main event okay like that's what it's like watching raw you know what i mean and what's interesting steven like raw got a 1.8 with fans back and everything like they're losing their audience. Their audience is leaving. Like that's what's happening. And football is about to start for crying out loud. Yep. It's uh it's not a good time to be the WWE or, or their fan base right now, I feel like. I mean, when you've got like you're I mean, I there I saw maybe one or two things from Raw last night, and it was because I saw it on Twitter. They're incorporating Goldberg's shirtless child, who is now a, a teenager. And now yeah. it looks like he's going to actually be a part of the story between Goldberg and Lashley in a match that nobody wanted to begin with. That's the big, that's the big match on Raw for the title. A, a very old Bill Goldberg that's a complete shell of his former self and his son that we last saw shirtless being paraded around the ring on his shoulders like Rudy. That that's that's your raw show, everybody. Like, yep. Enjoy. Drew McIntyre. I saw he was swinging a sword at somebody. Like, like they're they're over there going probably like, oh yeah, AEW. I got pizza cutters. We got swords. Like, you know, there he was. He was running at some guy called Shanky. Have you seen this guy? No. So Jinder Mahal apparently now he has, has like a group, right? Like, it's like two. People. It's like two two flunkies of that. It was called Shanky and Veer, I think his other one's name. Shanky is like a legit seven footer, like, but isn't good. Yeah. And, and that, but like, that's what your show, that's what these people are watching. Like, and, and I mean, what more power to you if you enjoy it. But I, once again, it's like, if I were to watch that, I'm doing the, the same thing you mentioned. I'm not even paying attention to the show. Dynamite yeah. happens and it's like, I get 45 minutes in a dynamite. I look down at my phone and I go, oh my God, it's only been 45 minutes, but in like a completely different way. Yep. When I'm watching Raw, it's like, oh, it's only been 45 minutes. I feel like I've been watching for three hours. Yeah. With dynamite, it's like, it's already been 45 minutes and I've seen an incredible match, a great promo. They just debuted somebody, like, like, like the other stories building, but like all this happens in 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe how much they've, they've fit into this. Like, right. and it's a great show. Right. Yeah, it's a completely different feeling. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's such a breath of fresh air. I'm just so thankful that it's around for for wrestling fans because, I mean, 
our only other alternative used to be NXT. And I mean, now imagine what, and imagine how they would have handled that knowing that there was no other alternative. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so disgusting that like how much of a grip they had on wrestling and now how much like AEW has taken that back. And by the way, uh, for the New Japan Resurgent card, they announced uh, Moose versus Ishii. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I did yeah. not even know about that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I should be able to get that one on Fight TV. Um, that's like next weekend, right? Yep. Um, yeah, that'll be a good show. And I don't think there's any UFC that night either. But see, now you can see that they've got Impact on there. They've got AEW on there. They're all working together. Like, I mean, this is this is awesome. Forbidden Door. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, this is... It's literally, it's rewriting the entire way all of this works. Or it's actually technically going back to how things were before WWE bought all of the companies and put them all out of business. Yeah, um, because sure. they Because they used to do this back in the day. I think people might not even realize that also. Like, when you had all the different territories, what would generally happen is that somebody, like, a big star would be really big in an area for a while and then they get lent out to another territory and they'd be a star over there. And then like they'd send somebody back over to them. Pretty much the whole forbidden door concept from then is still happening now, but we just didn't see it for so long because WWE, they did their own thing and they signed people exclusive. And then we got into a wrestling world where every company just felt like that's the way they had to do it. If you signed to NWA, you were only NWA. If you signed to TNA, you were only TNA or yeah. RRH and blah, blah, blah. Now Tony Khan's come in and been like, yo, we can all work together and like we can actually compete with these dudes. Like, Not only we, that, they're allowing guys to get double the revenue. Yes. Because like Andrade was like they said that they couldn't come to terms because he was the one that was supposed to show up and not Jay White for this uh, Slammiversary pay-per-view, right? And they were going to pay him, plus he gets paid by AEW. So now you're giving guys the opportunity to make more money than the just the deal that they signed with AEW. Like, yeah. And then you're also allowing them to have Twitch, and you're allowing them to have their own clothing lines and, and everything else that's going on. So, I mean, just a lot of cool stuff right now. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's also By the way, if you listen to Cody's uh press conference conference call, it sounds like he's a little jealous of Matt Cardona. Like it sounds okay. like he was he what he said that he actually wanted to do a death match with uh Matt Tremont or whatever. Matt Tremont, yeah. Tremont and and uh and it sounds like he's kind of like a little jealous that Cardona went over there and did that to win the gauge. Yeah, and I'm honestly not a big fan of Tremont. Like, I, he's a super loved figure in the Deathmatch yeah, community. I like, is, I yeah, um, I just he's just never really been for me. But then again, like I've gotten way more into Deathmatch wrestling since then. But he also he runs H2O Wrestling, and that's the company that's like trained Marcus Mathers, who's you know coming up and everything. Mm. Um. So, so Tremont's got a really good company there, H2O. So he's he's doing a lot of good things for the indies. I haven't ever heard one person say a bad word about him for what it's worth. Like Tremont seems to be a universally loved guy in the in the indie scene. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't surprising to hear that that Cody wanted to work with them. Um, but uh, I can't remember what we were just talking about before the. Uh, there's something we were just talking about before the other uh, three months in Cody do you, thing. Do you think that uh, Moxley is going to face Tanahashi at All Out? 
I don't know if it's going to be Gage at all out or Tanahashi at all out, but I mean, the, both of those matches I think will happen in AEW. I just don't know the timeline. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to face Tanahashi at all out. And I mean, if you get Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega and Moxley and Tanahashi, like that's, that's, that's fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Just it just says a pro wrestling fan. These are wild times. These are very wild times. Dude, I would love to see Ishii on AEW TV against anybody. Like him and Rusev would be yes. like do that. Oh, that'd be TNT title. Yes. Yep. Way better than than a Lee Johnson. Because to me, Lee Johnson is just gonna get smashed. But we'll see. Um, I think he's a talented guy, though. So, I mean, I'm not crapping on Lee Johnson. Just the way that, you know, this is just to make Rusev look good, basically. So Yeah, which is fine. They've done a good job with him as the champion so far, in my opinion. I, yeah. I mean, it's, he's no Darby Allen in the ring or anything like that, but he's – they're building a strong character, and I, I think his promos have been a lot better lately. The whole uh, – how, basically how he's God's favorite wrestler and God has blessed him with a double-jointed wife and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Because honestly, he kind of has a sense of humor like that, too. So, you know, did you see him and Cena talking at the premiere? Yeah, I did see that. Did you see like Cena, like kind of, I think Cena kind of asked him, like, how are things? Everything's good. And he's like, oh, they're great. And Cena's like, really? Okay. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I, I don't know, man. To me, if I'm the WWE wrestler, if I'm like a Randy Orton, right? And I'm seeing what's going on, like, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Like I'm starting to see some legit guys leave and like, we're not the cool kids anymore. And he knows that. Like, I I feel like if the, if the company itself isn't saying that they're worried or it's not competition, I feel like the guys in the back are definitely talking. Like they're like, man, this is, this is the real deal. Sun's going down. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the writing on the wall with Adam Cole earlier. It has to be the entire roster. I mean, some of the guys I think just don't care. Cause it's like, yeah. You know, they're getting paid the so time much money. Well, I mean, I, attitude. Well, I'm talking about even guys that are like actual stars there, like uh like yeah. like a Randy Orton or um a Drew McIntyre or a Lashley or a Roman Reigns, even like those guys, like they're getting paid millions of dollars a year, and they're always gonna be used relatively well on the show. And they're not marks for the titles at this point. Like they don't they don't care if they're the world champion or not. They've been there. They've done that. Like it's, it's not real to them anymore in any way, shape or form. Like it's, it's just their job, but they, but they just have to accept. I'm not saying they haven't. I'm just saying like, they have to just accept that the trajectory of what their job is, is becoming more and more of a children's, a children's programming conglomerate that is going to partner with other children's programming conglomerate conglomerates like if you want to be known as the best professional wrestler in the world WWE is not for you mm-hmm. if you want to be potentially the biggest mainstream star amongst children then then that's definitely the place for you like if, if you want if you want because that's the thing people can knock the WWE's business model all they want but at the end of the day it's very clear what they're doing they're they're their their model is based on there's always going to be another generation of kids coming up. There's always going to be five-year-olds and six-year-olds and 10-year-olds, no matter what. It's going to never end. You're always going to have those kids. They don't care once you hit a certain age, if you stick around or not, because they have another group of kids coming at all times. So just yeah. keep keep just catering to that if you're the WWE is the way that they look at it. So yeah. if Drew McIntyre is cool with being, you know, 
Drew McIntyre, who who has a comically gigantic sword, and um, you know, can have good matches. He's allowed to have a good match once a year. The rest of them are going to be about five minutes long, six minutes long, whatever. And you know, he gets a claymore kick, and the crowd can cheer a boo. Or, or at this point, they just pipe in what they want you to hear now, too. Right. Um, like last night, I saw a clip where Goldberg was getting booed. And then you started hearing Goldberg chants and they pan to the crowd and nobody's cheering. Like it's so that I have a problem with. Like, I I don't believe in artificial sounds like that's totally ridiculous, but that's that's something that they would do. They just don't care that like the WWE just doesn't care. Like our actual voice does not matter. Like, and they also, they're just trying to sell Peacock subscriptions. So they figured they got your $10 a month anyways. So like, it's all, it's all just, a commer- it's just very commercialized. It's yep. they're filming raw specifically for video packages that they can show you in between the matches on the pay-per-view that you paid $10 for. But if they were doing $50 pay-per-views still, there would be some real concern because I don't think anyone would buy these for $50 anymore. Yeah. So like you're getting a $10 value level pay-per-view every month instead of a $50 value type pay-per-view every month. Like the interest is just going to be way down low. Um, and this is what it is. A couple of things that I would like to see AEW do, and I don't know how they would do this, but man, they need to get in that documentary game. I would love to see, like right now, like how they got Punk, how they got Daniel Bryan, like the backstage access of like those conversations, and like the, the there's just so many documentaries that they could come out with of stories that are told, even just like. They could just do a documentary on the pandemic and Daly's place and what they did and like people's mindsets and all that stuff. Like, I feel like that there's a lot of opportunity there that I would love to see, like the documentary type stuff that you see on the network. And then I would love to see them do like a cruiserweight classic that with them, but like bring in the best independent guys and put on like a legit tournament to really display the the best of the best and, and let people decide who they think is the best out there. Yeah. That'd be sick. I'm for all that. I think a really interesting documentary series would be if they basically put like a compilation of, cause you wouldn't be able to show WWE footage, no. but like when you think about it, that whole, that inf- it's like infamous at this point, the, the raw legends night from like a handful of months ago, all those legends that got disrespected are all over at AEW now or, or free right. agents. Like they're all like they were treated so badly that night that they that they all were probably like, What are, why why are we letting them do this to us? Like this is well, so, like, so we have at, a documentary of that of them all coming over one by one, like that like look at like zombie sailor toys right like Mm -hmm. they're signing all these legends like dynamite kid and adam bomb and sabu and all this stuff and it's like these guys still matter to people like no matter what at the end of the day like i know the wwe it's like whatever but like all these guys matter and if you can find ways to use them in smart ways and then use them in like merchandise and all this stuff like the 90s sells right now like nostalgia sells and so take those guys away from wwe you know what i mean offer these guys better deals and get them out of there because the wwe doesn't appreciate them and 
they barely use them. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And in uh, Jim's at the King of Hearts tournament, we talked about the whole King of Hearts, uh, how that kind of like you know is a thing that AEW is trademarking. And I honestly, I think it should just be a King of the Ring style tournament. And like, yeah. but it's like in uh, there's some sort of Owen Hart or and or Bret Hart or Hart family tie in to it where you know, Brett crowns the king or whatever, but they're like, you know, they put out some sort of Owen Hart merchandise based around it too or something. I don't, I don't know. They got to, they, maybe they incorporated it somehow, but that I, I think if the, if the King of Hearts tournament is basically a king of the ring, I think that would be awesome. Cause that's another thing that WWE fans want every year. And for whatever yes. reason, WWE doesn't do. And Tony well, Khan, especially for a company that can't create stars. Like right. that tournament created stars. That's what it did. It was it was like the signal to say, okay, like this guy is now ready for the title. Like that's what you did. But it would be interesting to me, right? Because there could be a tournament like that, and then you could put like the Darby Allens, the Sammy Guevara's, and all that in there. But then you could also do like a cruiserweight classic to where you could do like the Wheeler Yudas and the Daniel Garcias, and maybe bring in Lee Moriarty and things like that to where like some guys that aren't even actually signed yet get more exposure. And then they're like, Oh wow. Like these guys are legit. AEW should sign them. You know, like remember like Cedric Alexander and Kota Ibushi had their match and people are like, Oh, sign them both. You know what I mean? Like they're incredible. So like, I would love to see something like that to where maybe you brought in a Ninja Mac and a Jack Cartwheel and all these other guys and you put them all together and see, see what the AEW audience does with them. You know what I mean? Yes, first ever King of Hearts, Joshua Bishop. Give there you go. Me. Give it to me. Although, man, he landed awkward on that that jump off of the U-Haul. Like he he landed like legs first, and I thought like he should have just he just fully should have committed. But you know, it's high. I get it. Joshua Bishop's the man. Did you see that match he had the other week where he beat those two guys at one time? And he like, oh dude, he took this one dude. I mean, there's two spots that you got to see, like. One and one, it was on the JCW show, uh, the, the day of GCW last week. Okay, yeah, the and JCW, I know what it is. He took Hunter Drake, who's this really small, he's a good kid, he's a solid wrestler, just hasn't been around very long, but he's very, he's very light. And okay. Joshua Bishop picked him up in a powerbomb and he took two chairs and like, but put them, you know, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I did see that, I did see that. yeah. <laughs> and then he took one of the one of them, puts them on a table takes the other one and outsider edges one guy into the other dude who's already on the table. And it was a real table with like steel underneath it. Yeah. So one dude just bounces off the other and the other dude just goes through the table. Like, like the table yep. didn't break. He just made a hole through the actual yep, table. I did see that. Just, no, I oh did my see God. That. Like that's just give me more of that stuff. Josh, dude, I can't say enough good things about Joshua Bishop. Dude, by the way, the man. go, go to IWTV and watch Davey Richards versus Brian Keith. That match is really good. It's really good. They, they killed it. When speaking of that, like just to throw it out there for everybody yeah. this, this weekend alone. Okay. Yeah. On independentwrestling.tv, on Friday night and Saturday night, you have night one and night two of the Scenic City Invitational. That's in Chattanooga. It's honestly my favorite wrestling tournament of the year, every year. And it's two nights, full tournament, all live on IWTV this weekend, independentwrestling.tv. Saturday morning, in between the two rounds, you have the Future Showcase, which is its own tournament on Saturday. 
And that's kind of like the quote unquote, like lower level guys that aren't quite ready for the SCI tournament, but that's had winners such as Marco stunt and Manders and Nolan Edward and these kind of dudes. So like, that's a big launching point for a lot of these guys too. And there's some good names in that, like Billy Starks and Hoodfoot are in that I know. And is um, it intergender? Like it doesn't matter. A, yeah. Intergender. But I think Billy's the only uh, girl wrestling on either tournament, I think. Okay. Um, but so you have that. And then on Sunday, so I talk Friday, Saturday, then on Sunday on IWTV also live IWTV 100, which yeah. is Wheeler universe, Dana Garcia for the IWTV championship. And you yep. really don't know who's going to win. Cause Garcia and Yuta could both be going to AEW. So like, there's no, well, real and what's great about this is if you've seen these guys on dynamite, like this is the real deal here. This is like, you'll get to see the very best of what they can do. So I highly recommend watching this. And this isn't like orange Cassidy on the card. And it's a loaded card. Yeah, orange Cassidy, Jonathan Gresham, Chris Statlander, Lee Moriarty, Warhorse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got a lot of good, a lot of good indie talent on that show. And that's all just IWTV. So use code Fight Talk, F I G H T T A L K, all is one word with no space. Put that in the promo code spot for IWTV.live or independentwrestling.tv and help me out. Use my promo code. Watch some wrestling this weekend. And on top of that, on Fight TV, F I T E, Fight TV, Saturday alone. Violent Sex Suffering, AAW, and GCW. So we're talking like seven or eight badass independent wrestling shows from Friday through Sunday. So anybody who's sitting there like, I love pro wrestling, but I just, I hate the WWE. I bet you that one of those eight shows you're going to enjoy. Just watch yeah. something this weekend if you want to watch some pro wrestling. I'll be watching every single one of those. Isn't shows. the main event of VXS uh, Brian Cage versus Rick Swan? No, it is. Um, it's that's the I got to double check now. Um, Rick Swan is definitely wrestling on the show, but he's also I think. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of uh, out of turn here. No, I want to make sure over the card. Right. Let's just let's go over the card and promote GCW and uh, VXS. What did you say? AAW? Oh, actually, yeah, AAW. I don't have a. I mean, I could probably get the code for that. I didn't ask because because uh, GCW is on at the same time. No, no, it's cool. But, I just I just was wondering. That's the one that has like the major bros and like Davy Richards and the other stuff. Is that AEW? Yeah, they've been. They're a, they're a big indie. Eddie Kingston's actually wrestling on that show. Okay. Um, this weekend, um, but the the match I was trying to think of because it, it may be it may be Rich Swan and uh, Brian Cage. The match I was thinking of is Two Cold Scorpio versus Willie Mack. That's going to be good. Is um, it Ruby Sofo, Ruby Riot facing Marsha Slamovich? I know Slamovich yeah. is on the card. I don't have the whole card. No, I think that's like on the the IWTV 100. I think I saw that where she's facing Slamovich versus Ruby Soho. I, I, I got it. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to remember where where each of these is happening. I just know on the VSX show they're advertising Swan, uh, Shane Mercer, Kevin Blackwood, Moose, Everett Connors, Masha Slamovich. So I mean, a ton of talent there, obviously. Um, and then the GCW show, I can't even remember what's on this one either. Um, let's see. I mean, the names they have advertised, Nick Gage, Effie, Chris Dickinson, Tony Depp, and Lee Moriarty, Ninja Mac, AJ Gray, Atticus Kogar, Ali Catch, Grim Reefer. I mean, like, there's everyone's wrestling this weekend. I mean, like, it's 
It'd be an awesome weekend of wrestling. Yeah, for sure. No, this is this is good indie stuff right here. Um, yeah, it says Swan versus Gage. Or, I mean, Cage. Uh, Brian Cage versus Rick Swan. Uh, Masha Slamovich versus Anthony Green, who's returning back to the oh, Indies. That was um, uh, August Gray on uh, 205 Live. Yeah. Uh, Willie Mack versus uh, Scorpio. Uh, uh, whatever, Too Cold Scorpio, thank you. And then Blackwood versus Homicide. Yeah, that's all good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. VXS, Violence X Suffering. So I don't love the name you, of the company, but they put on good shows. If you, um, if you were an Impact Wrestling fan, and you, you know, liked Rick Swan and Brian Cage. Now there's another opportunity to get to see them wrestle again. So I definitely recommend that show. They usually are pretty fun. And they have usually like pretty creative video packages and things like that, too. They have a different little style than most indies. So um, I definitely recommend that. And then right now, GCW is just really hot. It's just, I think it's Lee Moriarty versus AJ Gray for GCW. I'm I'm almost positive. And I then Ninja so. Mac awesome. it, Ninja Mac is facing Dante Leon. I know that for a fact. And Ninja wants to put the Loco title on the line. So I don't know if they're going to do that. But if they do, then Ninja could become champion um, for Loco. So nice. Ninja Mac's the uh, the header on my Twitter page right now. Yeah, I saw idea. that. I actually noticed so, that. I was like, mm, wow. Ninja, I love Ninja's that entrance. I love yeah. that entrance that day. Because like, like I said before, he literally – you can you can see him realizing how over he is. Like I just thought that was so cool to see that. Did you see like the PWG card? Like it was like Lee Moriarty versus Jonathan Gresham and like Jack Cartwheel versus Tony Deppin. And uh they did a they did a lot. Um and next next month's card's crazy. It's like Bandito versus uh uh the the super dragon and then like Brody Lee and uh, Brody King, Brody King, yeah, sorry, and uh, uh, Malachi Blacker, a, a tag team versus like a mystery opponent. Like, I don't know, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I, I saw Denise Salcedo is there live, so I was like, Yeah, Denise went to Bell. Oh, let's talk about Bellator real quick. AJ McKee, man, like that guy is unbelievable. Pitbull didn't tap though, that's the only thing, but he but he, he, he got out. smoked, he got smoked, he, he dude, Pitbull. Basically, almost was knocked out, and he almost was submitted. <laughs> all in one fight, all within a minute. But it was kind of similar to the Ben Askren, Robbie Lawler thing, where like, where Pitbull immediately was like, "I'm not out." Like, what? What are you doing? Uh, I didn't have bit. a little bit. But McKee, because, I mean McKee, McKee smoked him. Like, I'm not taking anything away from McKee. I'm just but, saying, but like, even, I think they're right back. When, even when he let go, he had a little like drunk step to him. He was like. No, I'm fine. Like, no, he he was, and if you watch his his hand, it goes limp. So, like, I think that's why they called it. I mean, he was gonna go out if they didn't do it. If he didn't do it, all I wanted just one of these, you know. Yeah, just give me, just give me one of these. Just hey, that's but like McKee's speed is he's so fast and he's so explosive. Uh, it just it looked like two different fighters, different levels, and man, like. The energy in the crowd, like when his music hit, like uh, one of my buddies, Eric, was there and he said like he had such a hometown advantage, like people absolutely loved AJ McKee and were booing Pitbull the entire time. So 
uh bellator needs new stars man this guy's it for you like and and honestly he could be the best 145er in the world like period he could he might be able to beat a volkanovsky like I wouldn't put it past him. At this point, he's 18 and 0. Yeah, we just don't know. The the level of competition just can be so different. Like, the featherweight division in the UFC is a murderer's row. Like, the top 15, especially the top 10, like, that's, that is, honestly, it's my favorite weight class in in the, in the company. Like, when you're talking just the straight top 15, them and Bantamweight, it's pretty close right now. Um, But, I'm definitely not taking anything away from AJ McKee. I mean, he looked fantastic. He's undefeated. Um, I think they'll run back him and Pitbull because there's probably nothing bigger they can do. And they have the kind of out of like, and Pitbull's a dual weight champion and stuff. Like he's still like one of their biggest guys and everything. Oh, I think I th- what I think you should do is have him face his brother the next time at, at 155 and then be the number one contender and face Pitbull again at 155 and see if he can take both belts. That'd be interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Because there was also, does Antonio McKee still fight or no? His dad, his dad AJ's dad. Not really. Because yeah. his dad was like a pretty solid fighter. He just was a really boring fighter. Boring. So like he never got boring. like any, yeah. Um, never and it's funny because his son, anyone. but his son is a complete opposite, which Total is wild. Opposite. But they said um, he's been in the gym since like three. Like Rampage <laughs> and Tito were saying, like he was in the gym when he was like three years old. So um, he's been around. Like Rampage was in his corner. So like I mean, he's he's been around that area since birth. So he's he's been uh, basically he was breaded for this. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, it's pretty cool to see. And like I said, as long as Bellator has him, they have somebody that really deserves a lot of attention and they could be a, a big thing in the sport. So um, I think they'll hold on to him as long as they can. But I mean, if he, if he starts to really just start going through people, I mean, the UFC definitely has to be calling eventually. Well, I saw Dana say something along the lines of like, cause he was asked about him <laughs> recently uh, about McKee since he's won the title. And he said something like, yeah, I don't know what his contract looks like, but when he's out of contract, he should definitely call us. Yep. yep. Like, and normally just, he's like, no, that guy's a bum. So we, our guys would smoke him, all this. And he's just like, yeah, give me a call. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, it was awesome. It was a, it was a exciting, um, exciting to see. Like you, you haven't seen too many of those since the pandemic or whatever. So to see that was, it was cool. The crowd was yeah. really behind him for sure. So. Yeah. It was a good moment for him. I mean, the, Bellator, like you said, Bellator could really use homegrown stars. The only problem is I think any real legitimate homegrown star they create is going to wind up in the UFC. But, but, you know, take advantage of it while you you can. You know, like get the most out of AJ McKee you can. Not only that, he walked away with a million dollars. You know, so he he got his normal purse, plus he won the tournament, so he walked away with a million dollars. He's not going to usually get that in the UFC, honestly. Like, it would take him a little while to get that. So, like, Bellator right now is paying him pretty good. So, yeah, it's wild when you look at the, uh, like, if I pull up the Bellator. Um, Bellator Plus, those the 205 cool. fights are pretty nice with um, Bader and Corey Davis and uh, Nimkov and uh, uh, Anthony Johnson. Um. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Nemkov and Johnson fight for sure. They're on the same card in that it's in October in Arizona. 
it's like Corey Davis, not Corey Davis, Corey. Yeah. Uh, it's not his name. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Corey, not Corey Davis. Now you got me all screwed up. Corey Anderson is who you're talking Corey about. Corey Anderson. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Anyways, Corey um, Anderson uh, is facing Ryan Bader. Um, and it's, it's funny when you look at like the Bellator, uh, when you look at like, the payouts, because it's like you see like the how they have the win bonuses fi- figured in. So it's like Antonio McKee. $150,000 slash $1 million. <laughs> yeah. That's like, so awesome. That's so awesome. And then the next highest paid person, I mean, Pitbull was the highest paid. If you, you know, not counting McKee because of McKee's win bonus, the next highest paid person on the whole show was 61,000. Yeah. So, uh, wait, no, there's this, who the heck is this dude? There was some guy on the prelims who made 70,000 on the prelims. Really? That's so random. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Emmanuel Sanchez. Um, That's not a prelim. No, 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 no. Emmanuel Sanchez was the uh, – but he lost also. Because Sanchez yeah. could have won fight. more. That was there's, there, there's this random dude. I do not even know how to say his name. But he made 70000 flat without any win bonus. Sanchez? No, the guy that beat Sanchez got 26 and 26. So he still wound up making less than Sanchez even after the win bonus. Nice. Yeah. Gotta but anyways, that's just wild to see that 150,000 slash 1 million. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. It's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, that's awesome. So like I said, he walked away with over a million dollars. That's pretty rare in Bellator. You know, he's not going to get that in UFC for one fight. So good oh. for him. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And he didn't have to go to boxing to do it. So, yeah, or bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, I did my duty. It's two hours in. We're, we're pretty much good to go. Definitely watch some independent wrestling. We've got AEW Dynamite tomorrow. Cody versus Malachi Black should be really good. Juventud Guerrero versus Chris Jericho. If you're on the fence about giving AEW a shot, I mean, man, now's the time to give it a shot. See if you like it because it's really about to take off and uh, it's really exciting times for pro wrestling. Um, uh, like you said, this weekend, I mean, IWTV 100, um, you've got uh, VXS, you've got GCW, ton of weekend wrestling that has nothing to do with mainstream wrestling, indie wrestling. Give it a shot because as you can see, it bleeds into mainstream wrestling right now. So, um, yeah, just a lot of stuff to check out. Uh, by the way, Cowboys play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday. So then now all of a sudden preseason football is starting. There's just a lot of uh, things to look forward to. And uh, guys, be safe out there. I appreciate everybody wishing me well. I'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done with this thing for the most part. Just, uh, just got a quarantine for 10 days, but I basically had it already for two weeks. So I'll be all right. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. If anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, it's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Um, Rory toe saying Hoovy in it versus YTJ is going to suck in AEW. You know what, dude, you can shove it. Um, <laughs> we got a, uh, we got a, we got, <laughs> thanks for watching the show though. We do, we do appreciate that. You, you're okay. To, we're entitled to your opinion. I think it's going to be, even if it sucks, to be honest, I'm doing marking out just because it's happening. Nostalgia. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Especially if Jericho comes out wearing the Hoovy mask. I'm really, I'm really banking on the continuity with, with that. Um, 
I guess Hard Knocks also is going to be uh, going while this is going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to – I love the Cowboys and stuff, but, like, I don't have to watch Hard Knocks the moment it's premiering. I'll be all right. I can catch it on HBO Max after this is over, so yeah. no big deal. And, uh, yeah, anything else I got going on, check out FightfulSelect.com. I do the Weekender podcast every Sunday. I talk a lot about independent wrestling on there. Um you said you're I'm, covering the UFC on Saturday as well? Yeah, I'll be on the Fightful YouTube channel. It'll be me and Jamie Kilstein, who some people might know from like the Joe Rogan podcast. He's been on there a couple times. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a good dude. He's a comedian, um, and he's a big MMA and wrestling fan. So it'll be me and him, uh, youtube.com slash Fightful, and that'll be Saturday night. We're going to go live for the co-main of... Um, who is it? Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. And then the main yeah. event of gone versus Lewis. Um, and then also uh, for the YouTube channel, I work for all things MMA. I do video editing for them, but I'm also doing some writing now and I'm working on a list um, that I don't think they'd care if I said it, but basically I'm doing a list right now of uh, the 10 best Olympians to fight in MMA. And it's like a top 10 list that I put together. So I'm writing that right now. Um, so make you sure to see on that. Well, I don't want to tell you because I want no, to watch okay. the video. But, fine. Um, but I mean, of course, he's on the list. Triple no matter C, where is he DC. on the list. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you off air. But yeah, but but uh, but anyway, support that YouTube channel. It's all things MMA. Um, just check it out and support that stuff. Everything else I got going on on uh, you know, for the for the week, I always just keep updated on my Twitter, fighttuck underscore independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live. Use code fight talk. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Take Hit care. Hit the like button. Smash yeah, that like, like button. button. Subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Later. <laughs>